small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me around the table today, we're vaxxed, we're boosted, we're live, we're in person. Please welcome one of my best friends from high school, we'll talk about it, Mr. Jim Schultz, and his daughter, who's celebrating her 29th birthday today, Allie Schultz. All right, here we go. Jim, let everyone hear your voice. Hi, everyone. All right. That's Jim. Allie, you say a word. Hey, everybody. All right. Allie, 29. Yes. Recently located, relocated to Los Angeles. How's it going so far? It's good. Love the weather. Yeah. Lives up to the hype. Yeah. Weather does live up to the hype. And you came from? Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. And how's that weather? Bad. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> Now, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you have heard Jim on the show before. He was on way back in 2015, episode 209. We did an episode I call Little Johnny Cougar Mellencamp, because that's one of Jim's favorite artists. And now, from episode 209, we are, let me see what this episode's gonna be. Holy crap, so many episodes, so many episodes. We, this one will be episode 647. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would recommend for your new listeners, go back through that back catalog. Uh, Pat has some amazing shows back there wow. um, for you to discover. Um, Keep especially, talking, don't stop. Keep especially going. Especially the one that I was on. But um, <laughs> No, I was thinking about that a couple of weeks ago when we talked about uh, me coming back out here. Uh, to your studio to do this again. Uh, wow, so much has happened since 2015 for for all of us. Um, I was, uh, I, I got married. Um, my wife Becky. She's uh, here. She's in the room. She's listening. She's just off mic. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's amazing. Um, I changed jobs. So changed careers since I was on the show last. Um, and what year did you and Becky get married? 2016. 2016, and you already have a 29 year old. That's amazing. You guys are really uh, going at it. Good job. Yeah, um, we had to get married. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Jim, I'm going to have you back every f 438 episodes. That's what we'll do. So, you'll be back on again ep around episode 974, I think. That'll give me plenty of time to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> now, our topic today I interrupted you. Are you done? You want to keep talking? Lead on. Because you can just interrupt me. I don't care. I'm, I'm not precious yeah, about this. Yeah, we're going to, this is going to be a thing with us. We, I, bo we both like to talk a lot. So I that'll be good. Slide your mic a little closer to you or lean in. Yeah, how about that? That's good. That's no, good. That That's sexy. Voice like I love you. it. I love it. Uh, we're talking today about Jackson Brown. Yeah, I thought that was interesting when you picked that one. And I'll get into that in a second. Well, I, you're I, a fan, so that's why I picked it. Yeah, I, I can set that up whenever you want. But I, I, I thought about it um, as, as I was preparing for this a couple, over the last couple of weeks. I'm thinking, you know, we had this global pandemic. And oh, by the way, you know, politics really hasn't been in the news much the last few years. Mm -mm. And you pick such a political uh, artist to, for us to showcase here today. So he, He's political. He's a, an environmentalist. He's uh, uh, compassionate. Yeah. He's uh, emotional. I call him the... Uh, I call him the uh, 
Los Angeles Springsteen or the West Coast Springsteen. That's what I call him. Is that what you call him? That's what I call him. No one else does, but I do. Well, here's what I was going to share for your listeners. Some of them who may not even know his catalog. Um, you know, you and I, we grew up together, uh, went to high school. We're talking late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't listening to Jackson Brown, and he had quite a bit of music out by that point. Um, let me tell let me tell everyone one two three four five yeah he had uh he had six albums out at that point because in 1980 the first jackson brown album i bought was holdout and it's my favorite jackson brown album and it's right there up there right over there this way ali look over here it's signed right there yeah yeah and that's what i had in my notes i mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about you know what am i listening to around that time i'm listening to john mellencamp who we already talked about crocus uh, Crocus, Ted Nugent, The Cars, uh, Talking Heads, Cheap Trick, Sticks, Sticks. Kansas, yeah. Journey. Um, I remember you playing Hold Out for me, um, liking a couple of the tracks. I never owned any Jackson Brown at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, maybe I have the wrong guy on the show today. No, you got the right guy. I- I'll tell you, you probably planted an initial seed. Um, let me read this. This is something that kind of sparked it for me. You, I'm sure you know about this. Now, um, Jim has notes. He has a notebook. He's got a pen. It's not not notes on his phone. He's actually he actually wrote notes out. How long have you been preparing for this? All my life. Okay, here we go. Well, you get me seven years, or <laughs> <laughs> once you start reading your notes, I won't interrupt. But go no, ahead. so so this this really is when I started becoming a Jackson Brown fan. This is around 2004. Uh, the boss inducts him into the Hall of Fame. And I assume with your listeners, if I say the boss, they know. They know you're talking about my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. She's the boss with capital L. Yeah. He, the, the little L boss would be Springsteen. Springsteen. And by Hall of Fame, we're, of course, talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of, of Fame. Of course. That's the yes. only one that really matters. The rest of those are really, who cares it's, about it, those? Yes, it's the ones. most important it's, Hall of Fame for sure. Do you remember his induction speech? Um, I, was I, think, getting, I think I talked about how good looking he was. Yeah, I was going to try to do an Im- Im- impersonation. I am not good. so I'm me- not good either, but that doesn't stop me. <laughs> no, Pat. No, uh, so Jackson Brown, you know, here this guy is. He just kind of stands up there. Oh, yeah, and, you're not good. In his, in his T-shirt <laughs> and his baggy jeans, singing all his serious songs. Well, that was it. You know, and I, I'm at his shows, but, I, I, you know, I'm competitive. And I kind of notice like... He's got this enormous amounts of great looking women at his shows. I don't like your impression. <laughs> it's really bad, isn't it? It's really terrible. All right, I'll, I'll finish the quote <laughs> in an in a, even a worse voice, my own. Um, so he says, you know, now me and the boys at the time, you know, we're playing all these shows and we're running around sweating our asses off every night and it's just mostly men. And he goes, and not that good looking men. <laughs> and, and, uh, I think, you know, that's what sparked it for me when he went on to talk about how you know, meaningful the music was, the yeah. lyrics, the topics of the songs. Um, I, that's when I started digging into his back catalog, and uh, I started to understand who Jackson Brown was. And, and that's so I, I don't want to pretend like I started listening to him when he first started recording. I discovered him later in life. Um, I think I had to be maybe a little more mature. Um, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think his music. Both of everyone. I, mean, I agree with. You. I mean, when, when he when he first in 1972 was his first album. That's 50 years ago. We were eight. Of course, we're not listening to Jackson Brown. <laughs> no, no. We were and he not. was 24. So he's literally been doing this for 50 years. Yeah, that's amazing. Actually, even before that, because that was when his first album came out. Obviously, you don't start singing week one and week two. You have an album deal. So he was doing it. <laughs> 
you know, probably for a couple years prior to that. But yeah, 50 years he's been recording music, making albums. Yeah. And we're going to cover all those albums today. 15 albums. I guess that's a pretty good discography. That's like one every three and a half years. That's not bad. Yeah, I think what, An we're, average. what we're going to obviously see is early in his career, they're pretty stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And then like a lot of bands that have longevity, they're going to start to spread out later in his career. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. He's doing a lot of benefits. He's doing a lot of other things. He does uh, a ton of benefits. And he probably doesn't need the money as much. Probably doesn't. Yeah. Because, uh, well, we'll talk about that too. Um, David Geffen, who was his manager originally, at one point in Jackson's career, David Geffen bought all of his masters back from the label and gave them to Jackson as a present. That's pretty great. That's incredible. So that's where the money is. That's incredible. I wish David Geffen was my friend. <laughs> Do you have masters? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> uh, how many times have you seen Jackson Brown in concert? Um, we'll, we'll talk about that as we get to the back half of that catalog. All right. But the simple answer is one time. You've only seen him one time? One time, yeah. I thought you've seen him more than that. No, just one time. And uh, we'll talk about that later on when we get, <laughs> okay. to, when we get to that record. Okay. Um, I'm because, excited about because, it. Like I said, I, I really jumped into his catalog around early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, my wife, Becky, likes his music. She used to play a lot of it for me, still does. Um, and so then I started building this desire to see him and you know others of that era that I've dug into right. also. Your bucket list uh, people. My bucket list people that are aging and they're only going to tour so much longer. Um, they might die. Just as an example, uh, just a couple of years ago, we saw the Rolling Stones. That was my first and only Rolling Stones yeah. concert. So, yeah. Yeah, you gotta see these people. I tell people all the time, if you if you wanna see Paul McCartney, you better go. Yeah. You, you, anyone you wanna see that's uh, a legacy artist is how we'll say it positively. What are you waiting for? Yeah, and I think you have to not go with this expectation that they're still 20. And, right, and right, they yeah, have, yeah. And they bring that same energy, yeah. that same voice. Um, they certainly are well-honed musicians, mm -hmm. um, and they're good showmen, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's just a different concert than you would have seen yeah. at different, you know, like you said, he has a 50-year career, and if you hit stops all along the way, that's gonna be a different concert. And I uh, I just saw Elton John for the first time probably four years ago, ne had never seen him, and you know, great set list and everything, the band was great, but he doesn't sound like Elton John sounds anymore he you know he can't hit those high notes you know in crocodile rock and songs like that but i'm still happy i saw him because he says this is his last tour so well they always say that now i also saw billy joel about four years ago that was my fourth time seeing him and he kills it still yeah amazing yeah we have some good friends that just saw him recently and just said it was an incredible show but the thing is they're both stuck behind that piano yeah. You know, they're the front men, but they're stuck behind that piano. But for some reason, Billy Joel was able to, I don't know, rise above the piano and like really rock like Elton just kind of lays back behind. I, it. Yeah, I just don't know how to explain it. Like Billy Joel really engages you and you really feel like he's, you know, rocking behind that piano. And he's uh, I think he talks more to the crowd, too. Elton basically would just say thank you after the songs and wave. Did he pop up like Freddie Mercury with the half mic stand and. Uh, Billy Joel. Yeah, like, uh, I think I think maybe on Big Shot or a couple songs he would step out in front a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. All right, Jackson Brown discography. Now, Allie, twenty nine year old girl, you you you're not into Jackson Brown, right? 
Not actively, but I do like a couple of his songs. All right. Good, yeah. good, good. I, hopefully we'll play some that you like. It's one album. I think it's Running on Empty is the album. That's that a I good know. album. Yeah. It's a yeah. great album. Yeah. Probably because of Dad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I would say for anybody, that's probably a great place to start. It's a good place to start and, and then yeah. work backwards. And it's a rarity of an album, too, because it's a live album, but all the songs are original songs. So that's why we're covering it as part of the studio discography. Right? Wait, you said it was because it was your show, your rules. I didn't know it was that. Okay, whatever. All right, 1972, going way back. We're eight years old. We don't know who Jackson Brown is. We don't care who Jackson Brown is. We don't even, we're not even listening to music at eight, right? Whatever's on the radio. Did your parents listen to music at the house? Uh, my dad did. He li he liked bluegrass. So right. he was like Lou Harris. That's um, good. I can't even think of some of the other bands because I have never really dip my toe much in the bluegrass pool yeah we had such a weird album collection my parents they had there would be a simon and garfunkel album and then a nat king cole album and an andy williams album and a loretta lynn yeah and and we both had older siblings and i remember my older sister starting to buy some uh, like steve miller band mm -hmm. fleetwood mac things like that that she would sneak onto the turntable when my dad wasn't home um <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, when he was home, he controlled social media of the day. <laughs> he decided if the record player was on, because we only had, you, you remember my house, a small ranch, yeah. one family room. Um, so if, if we were listening to music, you couldn't watch TV because that's where the one TV was. Um, and that's yep. also where the phone was, the one phone. So he, my dad controlled all that social he was all, media. He, was, of our he day. was in charge. He decided how long you were on the phone, when you were on the phone, if the record player was playing, if the TV was on, what TV show was on. Um, oh a, lot of, a lot of all in the family. Got to um, get, get get out of the house. Get yeah, out of the house. Yeah, yeah. And my brother, he was Neil Diamond 24-7. He had the first Boston album. Jethro Tall. I remember your brother liking him. He had the Too Old to Rock and Roll, Too Young to Die album, but he only listened to the one song. <laughs> like my brother was like, oh, I like this song, so I'll buy the whole album, but I won't give the rest of the album a chance. And now my brother listens to all the music that my parents listened to uh, when they were, the albums I just named a minute ago my brother's six years older than me but there's like a 40 years difference in our musical tastes like he's just simply hits i went to see springsteen and he played all these songs i didn't know well you got 22 albums so he's probably going to name a couple that you don't know yeah but he didn't play all his hits that's not what they do yeah unless it's a specific tour that they're going to yeah. highlight something like that yeah, yeah exactly sure. some artists play all the hits and some still make new music and want to play that music Yes, sir. All right. I like you calling me sir. You can keep that up. All right, Jackson Brown. Let's go with the first album called Jackson Brown, self-titled, 1972. What song do you have for me? Yeah, I. one of the things that I've picked up on, and you probably have heard this too, um, a lot of people call that saturate before using. <laughs> right, but it's not. But it's not. It, it's just part of the graphics on the cover. Right. And I think that's supposed to be something like it's a dehydrated... Uh, supply or something for hiking or camping that you would saturate with water before consuming it. Yeah. But, but I, I saw that as I've been preparing for the show where a lot of people just call that first album saturate before using, which really is not a great name. No, no. And the, I mean, it also says Los Angeles, California on the front, but no one calls it Los Angeles, California, but it's, it is called Jackson Brown. That's what the album's called. Yeah, yeah. So the, the the song I chose off of here was Song for Adam. Um, can I set it up? Of course. Of course, yeah. It's better. So, 
to me, as I've dug back into that back catalog, the big thing is the lyrics, um, the layers of his music. That's what really excites me. Uh, love this song. It reminds me a lot of that Into the Wild movie, and I just actually re- read the book for that. And I know is you that hate- the Reese Witherspoon movie? Um, I think she might be the mother or something. Yeah, in that. yeah, yeah. I like that uh, movie. It's, the story is about Chris McCandless, this kid that graduates from Emory University, mm-hmm. takes off across the country, ends up in Alaska, ends up dead. Um, some people think he committed suicide by doing that because he really wasn't prepared. The, if you read the book, and I know you and I always argue about this, like, oh, the book's better, the movie's better. Well, they're both good in their own way. But the author in the book, he feels like, you know, he just had some bad luck where he would have survived except for uh, eating a wrong plant, uh, you know, very far into his adventure. That's about about what this song is, too. It's this um, Adam Sandler who was a friend of uh, Jackson Brown's, they kind of knew each other. Mm-hmm. They, they ended up traveling across the country together from like New York to California. Jackson Brown and Adam Sandler. Adam Sailor. Oh, okay. I thought you said Adam <laughs> Sandler. Sandler. I'm like, I wait a minute. Also, that movie is not a Reese Witherspoon movie. I was thinking about some other movie that has wild in the title. So keep going. Yeah. So um, it, what I like about that, I'm going to read a, just a quick lyric here from this song. And, and I think it points out like some of the layers. And um, so he says, though Adam was a friend of mine, I did not know him well. He was alone into his distance. He was deep into his well. So that's that kind of young, restless man trying to find himself out there, adventurous. Then he goes on and says, I could guess what he was laughing at, but I couldn't really tell. Now the story's told that Adam jumped, but I've been thinking that he fell. Hmm. His friend ended up eventually um, in India and at some point fell from a hotel room dead. And so it's a very similar storyline where this restless young man's out there exploring the world, having all these adventures, um, and then somehow dies. Some people think he committed suicide. Other people, like himself, says, and he's also bringing in kind of the religious aspect there of Adam and Eve. Did he fall from the Garden of Eden or did he jump? You know, what, you know, so he's starting to bring in some layers there with some biblical stuff too. Well, for me, if, it, if, if it's from a hotel room window, he jumped. But if he's on a mountainside, then you can speculate. But yeah. I think Adam jumped. Let's hear it. Though Adam was a friend of mine, I did not know him well. He was alone into his distance. He was deep into his well. I could guess what he was laughing at, but I couldn't really tell. Now the story's told that Adam jumped, but I'm thinking that he fell. I cued it right to the point that you you read. Together You're so we good. went traveling as we received the call. His destination in at 24 years old, Jackson Brown's writing this song, and I'm probably still giving someone a wedgie. <laughs> yeah, and that's a big difference. That's what I said. The, the, just incredible lyrics. You know, maybe some of the layers speak to me, maybe they don't to you. I think that's what's beautiful about the songs. There's different things in there. I, I feel like they're he's writing them almost first person from his own experiences, but they can speak to me, they can speak to you, they can speak to everybody on a personal level. It's so inward focused, and I love that. And I like the songs that you picked today. 
Oh, thank you. These are you picked like some of the uh, the sadder, deeper songs. Yeah, which made me and I saw your list first, so I'm like, oh, and well, then I'll try to play some upbeat ones so that our listeners don't jump out a window like Adam. <laughs> uh, let me tell you who's on this album: Russ Kunkel, Graham Nash, David Crosby, Leland Sklar. These were a lot of people that were coming up and performing at the Troubadour. I think back then everyone a lot, just, of, a lot of session guys. Everyone just played on everyone's albums back then. So, all right, the song I'm going to play is probably his first hit, really. And I think he still does this once in a while in concert. And this is "Doctor My Eyes." Doctor My Eyes. Doctor My Eyes have seen the years and the slow. I'm reading that this album went platinum, but I bet that was years later. There's no way that this went platinum upon yeah, first release. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, I, I think this was one people like me went back and bought 20, yeah. 20 years later, um, and that's what built it up to that. It, it, I'm sure if you dig deep in there and look at how it did rolling out, yeah. Um, even though these so- songs are amazing to us now, I think at the time, that wasn't necessarily what they were playing on AM radio because no, there wasn't really the the FM even at that time in the seventies. It was all AM radio. Yeah. So you might have heard Doctor My Eyes. You might have heard Rock Me on the Water, but probably, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Not where we lived. No. No. Definitely no. not. Doctor My Eyes. That's that would probably have been the go to. Again, I think you, I think you say it, Doctor My Eyes, like something happened to he's he's blinded. He goes to the doctor. I think if you dig into the lyrics, it's actually a song about Native Americans. Um, and some, I think some, it's about Lasix. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. All right, moving on. Following year, 1973. The album is called For Every Man, and he steps behind the console to produce the album himself. Because why not? You make more money that way. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. Um, you know, you control your destiny a little bit. I'm sure money was tight and it recording very expensive when you're that young and his album wasn't platinum when it first came out. No. Also, and, he wrote every song on his debut album. Yeah. Ten, He's a singer-songwriter. That's how we yeah, would ten, call him. Yeah, 10 songs. What was the length on that? About 40 minutes? I mean, it was a pretty standard, like the 10 songs length. and they're all just about exactly four minutes. It's, uh, let me see, Jim, let me get that information for you via uh, a thing I call Wikipedia. Uh, 41 minutes and 13 seconds, so perfect album length. Nope, that's wrong. 40 minutes, 55 seconds. Wow. Okay, 73 for every man. This album is 41 minutes, 13 seconds. Yeah, almost identical format. Mm -hmm. 10 songs, four minutes songs. I think that was the format of the day, Mm -hmm. um, especially if you wanted to get some airplay. And there's, uh, there's one song on here that is a co-write with Glenn Fry, And it yeah. was a big hit for the Eagles. It's called Take It Easy. Yeah. And the story goes that I think Jackson lived either below or above Glenn Fry, 
and Glenn was working on this song for months and months and months and months and months and then stopped working on it. And then Jackson saw him and said, hey, whatever happened to that one song you've been working on? He goes, I just can't figure it out. I can't get it. And he goes, can I work on it? And he said, yeah. And then Jackson finished it. It's incredible because I've heard the exact opposite story that Jackson Brown was working on it hmm. and that Glenn Fry added a couple of verses to it. Well, now you could be right. <laughs> so you could I, be right. You know, it's one of those rock and roll lore things. Well, um, one of the, one of the, the bottom line is they ended you're up You're right. Being you co- are right. They ended up being co-creditors on the song. Both played it, both recorded it successfully. I'm going to say you are correct. I'm reading now that you are right. Jackson started writing it. There's no prize. Yeah. The I, prize is just being here. Uh and Glenn finished it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I've read some things over the years where people will say, yeah, Glenn probably wishes he had finished more Jackson Brown songs. <laughs> Not that the Eagles didn't have a great catalog themselves. But Glenn uh, Fry's solo catalog but, but sucks. Glenn Fry's, uh, it's more the Don Henley contribution, I think, yes. to some of the great Eagles hits than, yeah. the, than the Glenn Fry. R- yeah, he, rock he, in peace, Glenn, but your he, solo material. He might, he might have had one good... Uh, hook or something that he put into take it easy yeah and that was it all right what's your first track on this album yeah um and then i'll just gonna do a quick shout out uh when when ali my daughter who's here Mm -hmm. when she came out to la we actually drove across the country together yeah we went through winslow arizona so i know (laughs) we're not covering this uh song per se but uh we did we did not stop on the corner it's good Uh, to know we just kind of drifted through the main street (laughs) They actually have a statue there. Of I'm not, who? I'm not sure. Of Glenn the, Fry? I'm not sure who the statue is of, if it's just a random kind of cowboy looking guy. Yeah. And there is like a plaque there and obviously lots of people stop and get their picture get their on picture that taken. corner in Winslow, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I did not. I'm sure Don Henley's trying to get money out of anyone who takes their picture there. He'll, there'll probably be a lawsuit coming. That guy's kind of a dick. Okay. Okay. What so, do you got for us? So uh, for, from this album, I picked uh, Our Lady of the Well going to read a couple other quick lyrics here for you guys uh, now what if i what if every time you read the lyric that's where i have it queued up to it'll be amazing why don't you let me play it first and that way if it covers the lyric then we're good you can say that's the lyric i had and then if it doesn't say i'd like to add this let's do it okay does that sound fair yeah that sounds fair otherwise they just keep thinking you're going to read the same lyric and then i'm going to play it yeah they think we really prepped for this show this is our lady of the well Were you going to rig that? No. No? All right. Let me start it over. The dance we do in silence Far below this morning sun You in your life, me in mine We have begun Here we stand and without speaking Draw the water from the well And stare beyond the plains the mountains lie so still But it's a long way that I have come Across the sand Is this your lyric? Yeah, okay. Among your people in the sun Where the families work the land As they have always done Oh, it's so far the other way My country's gone Elton John plays on this album. We just talked about Elton John. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, love that place. You you, uh, you have like Spidey sense or something. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I'm tingling. I'm I, tingling. What I liked about these lyrics here um, in that first part, he says, but it's a long way I've come. 
across the sand to find this peace among your people in the sun. He's talking about some of the mission work he's doing. He's going to places like Africa, wherever. He's actually not just talking about it. He's out there doing it. Yeah. Um, he says, where the, fam- where the families work the land as they've always done, oh, it's so far the way my country's gone. Um, yeah. We're starting to get some of those seeds of his politics in there, along with the love and the heartbreak and um, some of the religious things I talked touched on that last song. These are just he's just very sneaking a little bit of politics in there. If you're Jackson Brown and you've been writing about this stuff for 48, 50 years, you, you just must be ready to join Adam because, I mean, nothing seems to ever change. It must be very frustrating yeah. When you write these type of songs and you're like, well, things are going to change. And then. Yeah, I've got a great quote I'm going to hit on in a little while um, that it speaks to that, that he just recently did. Okay. Um, and he pulls out all the stops with the guests on this album. We got David Crosby, Bonnie Raitt, Glenn Fry, Don Henley, Russ Kunkel, Jim Keltner on drums, Leland Sklar, Joni Mitchell, Elton John, David Page. It's crazy. Everyone coming out to support. Uh, Mr. Jackson Brown. Jackson might be on heroin at this point, too, because he had some drug issues. I just want to throw that out there to be positive. The positive is that he he doesn't have a heroin problem anymore. So, all right, the song I picked, much more upbeat, but that's good. Yeah, we got a good yin and yang. If we both both play the sad ones, you know. Yeah. Pulling at him. This is Redneck Friend. Ah, great song. to the chorus I feel like I've been playing more of my song than I have of your songs <laughs> that's not fair I'll change that alright that's Redneck Friend great song yeah great song um, I think that's one that's been covered by uh, the likes of like a Bonnie Raid or some of them yeah um, Everyone and, and obviously would... they crisscross paths a lot yeah. in their careers for um, sure he's got a rock and roll hall of fame lineup on some of these early records. Yeah, he really does. It's true. That's true. I'm glad you pointed that out. It's it's the number one Hall of Fame, too, as we've said earlier. One of the things I read recently, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, he talked about David Crosby and how they did co-write some things together, played on some stuff together. But then he said, like most of his collaborators we're not we're no longer speaking (laughs) and he's like and he said i'll just leave it at that yeah so i don't know what happened with him maybe i don't know i can't even guess what drew them apart after they were successful together you're talking about crosby stills nash and young well just david crosby in general like jackson's like yeah i haven't collaborated with him in the decade like i just i no longer even speak to him like they don't even like text or i think i think everyone tolerated david crosby for a long long time and then when, when you get older, you're like, I don't have time for this anymore. And now I think David Crosby is better now and apologetic 
and would like to be forgiven, but I don't feel like these people are ready to forgive them yet. So yeah, I don't know what the, I'm sure there's great stories there, but mm-hmm. anyway. Now I want to check in with Allie and Becky because I want to let them know that this is not a hostage situation. Like they do not have to stay here. They're not, you know, if they're not enjoying themselves and my shenanigans and you reading lyrics, they, um, <laughs> I promise I only have a couple more. It's fine. You can, I like that you have notes, but I just want to say it's never a hostage situation. Jim, you can't leave, but <laughs> they can at any time. How are you doing, Becky? Becky gives me the thumbs up. Allie? Good, Would you yeah. like a shot of tequila? Uh, it's only noon. I think I'll wait right, a little bit. Cool. Because yeah. I could, I can reach behind the curtain and pull alcohol out at any time. Let me see what I got. Hold on, I'm going behind the curtain. Up oh, there, we go. Rum. Oh, you really do have it back. <laughs> there. Do a shot of rum. Okay, the rum is out. In case we want to do it. All right, let's move on to 1974. Late for the sky. Would you agree that this is the first classic Jackson Brown album? Yeah, I think... Um, what if you said, no, I no, don't agree with that at all? No, for sure. Uh, <laughs> y- you know, it's interesting. And again, when you when you dig into this catalog and you read the stuff that's going on, it was really his go for broke album. I know yeah. you I know you mentioned, I don't. you didn't say what the last album has sold. It's probably... It, it said a mil, it's also said a it's million. It's also platinum, but I think that happened later on. Yes, from after bo- the fact. What my understanding has always been is um, early on, you know, he's, he's getting a couple hits, but it's expensive. He's not really making a lot of money. This was kind of the album that was done very hurriedly. Uh, they recorded it in a short amount of time. Six weeks. Um, and it was on a tight budget. 50 grand. Yeah. What's interesting is I, I think he kind of doubles down on everything. You know, it's like even more sorrowful. It's even more political. Um, the musicians are even better. Um, the songs are a little longer. Like he kind of yep. went for broke on this album. Only eight songs, not ten. It sounds like a song title going for broke or something. But I think I'm he, sure it is. I think he went all in on this one. Like, hey, if this doesn't work, I guess I start another band and st- try something else. Like, yep. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's um, a huge success album. We got J D. Souther. We got Don Henley. We got Dan Fogelberg. So good people. Yeah, and to to think that, and, and I will probably not fair to say they slapped this together in six weeks like you know and i don't know maybe if you had six months it wouldn't be any better because the 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 songs are great the musicians are great yeah and it was just a matter of laying down the tracks they they clearly at that time weren't doing the stuff we do today with all the overdubs pro tools and yeah a lot of tune a lot of it was just doing it over and over and over and trying to get a good catch up in the studio time that you had so amazing yeah. yeah six weeks is is a gift i've been trying to edit a documentary together for four years please i'm gonna go join adam okay that'll be my runner for the day that join adam joke uh always fun to joke about suicide. yeah so okay. um off of this one i i went with before the deluge um love this it's one it's a classic it closes out the album yeah it, what's what i love about it is it kind of sounds like a churchy gospel type mm-hmm. hymn like you would hear it, Oh, there's the bell, folks. We're off. Um, uh, no, it's just it, he uses this music that just sounds so churchy, but then it's such a political song where he's talking about, um, you know, everything bad that's going to happen because we're destroying the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so in, the lyrics don't sound offensive and in your face, but and the music sounds like you're. Yeah. I, I just it's just a, the message is definitely there. Yeah. Do you still go to church? Um, not so much no. anymore just say no not so much you either go or you don't um yeah it'd be a no right now <laughs> all right <laughs> ali what about you? you you drop down in california you go into church you're uh, praying to the lord 
No, I would say we're all lapsed at okay. this point. Well, I'm yeah. with I'm, I'm right with you. I uh, yeah. I hate organized religion more than I hate the movie Coda. Okay, here we go. This is before the deluge. <laughs> is it deluge? How do you say it? I think it's debated, isn't it? Deluge. I think you get to pick. Deluge. Some of them were dreamers. Some of them were fools. We're making played more of your song for a change yeah yeah another great place to drop it in too. Yeah. um yeah it's like i said it, it you know if you put different music to this it could sound like a very angry song i think mm-hmm. but just he just has it so inviting with the music that backs it like if metallica did it maybe it'd be angry it would be very angry yeah. and and it would be the same lyrics and i think it would feel different where you would feel somebody was in your face mm-hmm. with the message versus just saying think about this right and i think that's what i see in his early records with his ideals and how he's espousing them he's he's not in my face he's just inviting me to say have you ever thought about it this way right yeah and we'll talk about later on how that's not the case he's making you think yeah Uh, i also want to uh put a warning out there for people uh I could possibly cry during this episode. There's some songs that are coming up. I've cried on this show before with songs. Songs will make me cry just like that. So there could be one. There could be some coming up that <laughs> might make me cry. So be warned. You, Allie, get ready with the tissues. Okay. All right. So my song, Off Late for the Sky, again, I picked up. Not yet. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay right now, Becky. I'm okay. Becky's pointing at the tissue box. Uh, I picked up another upbeat one. This one comes right before the song you picked on the album. This is Walking Slow. Instrument is that. It sounds like that fart noise you make when you put your hand on your mouth. <laughs> sounds like something being a Sesame Street song. Maybe David Crosby had gas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what? It's a jug. Fritz Richmond plays jug on Walking Slow. So that's got to be a jug, right? I'm probably never going to play on a rock album, but if I did, I would probably play, play jug. You got to play the jug. I would probably play jug. You got to play the jug. It sounds like your dad might have liked a jug band, some jug band music. <laughs> All right, moving on. Now this one, this next album, The Pretender, this is like the first big breakthrough. This goes triple platinum. And that might have been at the time. Yeah, I think this album right before it 
you know, the junior album mm -hmm. led to the senior album, which is the pretender. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, he was building the audience. Um, and definitely the pretender is that everything comes together album, even stronger lyrics, yeah. even better music. This is the first one that I like top to bottom of the four so far. This is the first one like late for the sky. Everyone loves late for the sky, but kind of depresses me. Yeah. It's a little depressing. This one is much more layered for me. The pretender. I like it a lot. Produced yeah. by John Landau, who was Bruce Springsteen's manager. And there's so many people on this. David Lindley, Leland Sklar, Russ Kunkel, Roy Bitten from the E Street Band, Lowell George, John Hall, uh, Jeff Beccaro, Waddy Wachtel, I mean, then uh, Henley, J.D. Souther, David Crosby, Graham Nash, all doing harmony vocals. So this is stacked. And yeah. again, just eight songs. And what do you got for us? Yeah, I love that you pointed out David Lindley. Um, I, I think of him as like his Tom Brady. I think when I look through his mm -hmm. catalog, his name is on what I would consider his best albums. Yeah. Um, I picked Your Bright Baby Blues. Um, if you could drop it in around. I want my baby back, baby. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's a different song. It's the same lyrics with a different beat. All right. Yeah. Um, Your Bright Baby Blues. Yeah, drop it in around a minute 30 if you oh, can. Oh, now you tell me. Hold on a you second. You can't always guess. You wouldn't have guessed that. A minute 30 is what you're saying? Yeah, I just want to pick up some of the backing vocals that David Lindley's doing on this one. Right. I think it just really, I love the, I'm he's got that more falsetto type voice, and it just works so well with what Jackson Brown is singing. I agree with you, and I'm dropping in right at 1.30 because I hope on right. my iTunes... I can open up the file, it can go to options, and then I can type in one colon three zero, and that'll be right at one thirty. So let's see what happens. I think most people have bought into iTunes by now. You don't have to sell us on it. <laughs> I'm just telling the people uh, something tricky I know how to do. Okay, here we go. Let's see if we got it. Maybe if you can see me. Is this a spot? Out across this wilderness. I think it is. There's just one thing. I was hoping you might guess Maybe you can free me All in the power of your sweet tenderness Yeah, yeah. Love that, I love that I can see it in your You just have that higher pitched voice mm -hmm. Kind of echoing the lyrics And it just is so good yeah, and he's he's not always in the touring band. Sometimes he goes out with Jackson, and sometimes he doesn't. Well, he goes, if you go on David Lindley's site, he's played with everybody. Everybody. He's on everybody's best record. I mean, he's just and he plays like I think ten different instruments himself. Maybe I should interview him. He would be awesome. He would he probably be awesome. has some stories. Bookmark his site, davidlindley.com. Right. He's just got an incredible catalog of what he's done with other musicians, and he's got his own stuff. Obviously, that's really interesting too. I'll head over there. I'll get him. I'm going to get him. What if I can't get him? I'll you, try to get you him. You can get him. It's always the people I think I can get him. Like, that's a definite. And then they're like, no. And then someone I don't think I can get it all. Oh, sure. He'll do it. He'll probably say, if Crosby does the show, I'll do the show. <laughs> <laughs> I like every song in this album, by the way. Top to bottom. Yeah. Again. Th yeah. This is one you could drop the needle in anywhere, anywhere. and you're not going to hate it. And I'm going to go with the title track, which closes the album. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's The Pretender. I want to know what became of the changes We waited for love to bring Were they only the fitful dreams Of some greater awakening I've been aware of the time going 
They say in the end It's the wink of an eye When the morning light Comes streaming in You'll get up and do it again Amen I think it's the best produced album of the of the first four too. That just sounded so good to me in the headphones. Yeah. I think everything just reaches a crescendo really. I mean, you start to hear more piano. Um, I found a fun fact. I know you love fun facts. Oh, I love fun facts. Jim, do you got a fun fact for me? This is from a website called tvovermind.com. Okay. And the pretender was listed as the best number one song for use of a Jackson Brown song in a movie. Do you know what movie? Encanto. Mr. Holland's Opus. Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes. I don't even know if I've seen Mr. Holland's Opus. I don't know that I have. I think yeah. it's a Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah. Here's the top five. It was The Pretender. Somebody's Baby was number two from Goodwill Hunting, which I think is a cover version of it. Okay. We yeah. have to look that up. These Days from Invincible. All right. That was that movie about the football punter, bartender guy, I think. Okay. Uh, uh, Birds of St. Mark from Rain Over Me. That was an Adam Sandler movie. All right. I don't think oh, I've seen he, it. Adam Sandler and uh, Jackson Brown are good friends. They travel across the country together once. Running on Empty from Forrest Gump was number five. All right. I do remember that scene. Anything you think should be on that list. Jackson Brown in a movie. Again, this is a list from 2019. So like, like Tender Bar, which we just saw maybe a year ago, had a lot mm. of Jackson Brown in it. I wish I had a Fun Facts theme song that I could have played right before that. It would have been like, here's Fun Facts or something like that. Some music. Here's the only one I came up with. Taxi okay. Driver. Um, Jackson Brown song was in Taxi Driver? Opening scene, Late for the Sky, from uh, the last album, is when he's walking the streets of New York, mm-hmm. a young De Niro. He's like, you, you've seen the movie. I've only seen it once. Do you I, like it? I mean, I liked it when I saw it, but it's not a movie that I would purchase and own or that I would ever need to see again. I heard people talking about it for years. Are you talking to me? Yes. Okay. Not you. You weren't talking about it for years, but lots of people no. were talking about Are it. Are you talking to me? And... I finally saw it just a few... Sounds years. like you're talking to me. I just saw it a couple years ago. <laughs> nice De Niro. Uh, I'll yeah. do Bruce again if I have to. No, please. <laughs> so, so you saw it a couple so years ago. I just saw... <laughs> no, no, no. I just saw this movie like a couple years ago. Every People reference it all the time, you know. I and turn your mic off. <laughs> it, I, I get it was early work for him. Uh-huh. I think... I, I can't remember who the famous director is. Scorsese. Uh, yeah. It, it was early work for him. Um, Jodie Foster's in it, maybe. Jodie Foster, yeah, Harvey Keitel. It, it's just so Sybil un- Shepherd. It's just so uneven. Like they, they're kind of building up the characters, then all of a sudden he's just like shooting everybody. <laughs> like it just got, it just goes from like nothing to all this extreme violence very quickly. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't yeah like it. it didn't work for me. Anyway, let's move on to the most popular Jackson Brown album, selling seven million copies. The aforementioned Running on Empty. Again, all new tracks. But recorded live, which yeah. is which is a ballsy move. I can't imagine that the record label was enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you think about it, when we were growing up, live albums were great. A lot of bands were doing live Cheap albums. Trick at Budokan, Frampton Comes Alive, Strangers and in the Night, UFO. 24, Do I need to name more? 2014, Rolling, Rolling Stone Edition. Mm-hmm. Top 10 live albums from the 70s. You've renamed... Would you say Cheap Trick Budokan? Mm-hmm. They had that at number six. Franklin Comes Alive. Number eight. I got to keep going? Yeah, you got 10. Is Thin Lizzy Live and Dangerous on there? No, I think it should be, but it's is, not. Is UFO on there? No. What? You're, I, I'm going to read the list in a second. You know all of these. You have all of these. 
Please don't tell me Aerosmith Live Bootlegs on there. That's a terrible album. No, I don't think that came out in the 70s. Uh, Barry Manilow Live? No, rock bands. Barry Manilow Live? Think like... Oh, 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 okay. Live Bullet, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Live number Bullet. one. Yes, okay, cool. I don't think of that as number one. Yeah, I know, I you know, me neither, but what are you going to do? Okay, read them to me. Go from number 10. 10 was Wings. Wings, Wings over. over America. All right. How about you name the band? I'll name the album. That'll be fun. Uh, number nine was The Who. Live at Leeds. Yeah. Signed right there. Look, I got I it right there. Sign it's signed right in front think, of me. Do you think that's a great Who album? I do not. I'm not really not. that big of a fan. Uh, number eight was Frampton. Number seven was Kiss. Alive. Yeah, I know you'd like that. Um, and that's all recorded six, in the studio with some audience played over it. We're going to talk about that in a second. Six was Cheap Trick. I know we love that album. Yeah. Budokan. Five was Zeppelin. In through the outdoor, song remains the same. Not yeah, not in through the outdoor. Pat, I have a pod. I have a music. Four podcast. was Rush. Got that wrong. Uh, okay, which one? Exit stage left. All the world's a stage. All right. Uh, three was Deep Purple. Made in Japan. Okay. I don't have it. Never listened no, to it. I, I no. Two was Almond Brothers live at Fillmore East. Mm, not my thing. Yeah, Jackson Brown running on empty doesn't make the top it's ten. It's not there at all. I'm wondering if because not all of this is recorded in front of a live audience. Yeah, there's a few that are recorded in like a Holiday Inn and stuff like that. He recorded like several of them in hotel rooms, mm -hmm. several of them backstage, and I think at least one on the bus, on the tour bus. Yeah. And it is that quintessential Life on the Road of a touring musician album. But I think maybe purists don't think of this as a live album. Yeah, maybe it discounts it from being... Uh... You would, I don't like that list at all, though, that you read. I knew you wouldn't. That's, that's why, that's why I brought it, because I knew it put you in a foul mood. I knew it. I really don't like it because I made a mistake with that Led Zeppelin album. That uh, That's going to cost me some street cred with the people. I know you like Rolling Stone. You don't always agree with their stuff. There's not a, there's, yeah, there's no Rolling Stone album that's there. Did they have a, it has to be a live album. Love You Live. Was that out in the 70s? Sure. <laughs> I think we could look that up. That might It was. It was. It definitely was. All right, here we go. Running on empty. What do you got for me? Um, I picked Love Needs a Heart. I picked, this is probably another slower ballady one. That's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll pick it up, folks. I promise. You're romantic. Baby, the hardest thing I've ever done was to walk away from you. How great is it listening to the music in the headphones? It's amazing, right? It sounds great, right? Do we need to do a plug for these headphones? No, we don't need to. I did that years ago. I don't need okay. to plug the free headphones Yeah, it does sound amazing. You can really pick up. If that's one he recorded in a hotel room or something, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's Because I know great. some of the tracks on this album were. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, you, you'd think you'd hear like the guy next door banging on the wall or something like, keep it down, keep it down. <laughs> Maybe they rented like a whole, <laughs> the whole floor of the Holiday Inn. 
Becky, you're paying attention to me over here. I, I'm, I'm an engineer. You see, I'm fading things up. I'm fading it down, keeping everything uh, moving. Allie, did you take a look over here? It's very important over here. This is the, this is the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, c control center. Yeah, command center is what I call it. Recording there. This is a two-computer uh, process. All right. I've impressed the ladies in the room. Now time to move on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to play the song, You Love the Thunder. Ah, yeah, you're really good. I could play any song in here because this the whole album's great. Yeah, he still does something off of this album, I think, almost at every All show. the time. Yeah. The loadout, stay, title track, many things. This is You Love the Thunder. been recording for 50 minutes we we only covered five of the 15 albums so far so this could be maybe this is a four hour podcast <laughs> it won't be it won't be it'll we'll, go quick we'll, it'll go quicker we'll edit it all this folks we had to, he, has we had, the, he has this soundboard here and everything nah, yeah, don't, don't worry i'm not gonna edit. if i'm gonna edit anything it's gonna be that mistake about when i said in through the outdoor was a live album that's gonna get cut right out okay we're moving into the 80s now we just covered the whole 70s yeah yeah i love the 80s the 80s is uh, my sweet spot on Jackson Brown. No one ever says that, but I'm going to say it because I love it because he, he leans into being a little more upbeat, still has a message in these songs, Yeah, but the music's more, dare I say, poppy. Yeah, and I think this is where we're going to diverge tremendously um, in his catalog. So I think that's going to be fun. Oh boy. Um, at least for me. I don't know about you. Um, you don't like the 80s work. Yeah, we're going to go through that next, as you just said. Well, Becky um, lost her wallet. Becky, did you find There it is. She found it. I'm going to go big and bold on you here. So we're closing out essentially his first decade of the band, right, with this 1980 album. Um, I think it. I think we're starting a decade. You think it's closing out a decade. I think it's we're, beginning. We're closing out the first decade. I think you're taking it we're negative. We're starting the second decade. All right. If I were to build a Mount Rushmore of Jackson Brown albums, I would use the first album as the path up to the four, mm -hmm. and then those next four that we just went through late for the sky for every man running on empty this holdout for me this would be the path back to the car this sixth album this is my favorite album yeah this is my I, favorite jackson I, it's brown out, it's out the mount rushmore of jackson brown but and, and i know we still have half more than half his catalog you're confusing me do you like holdout or you don't like it what i'm telling you i'm confused is, with you your mumbo jumbo you're talking around in circles i can't uh, get a grip on what you're saying I'll, I'll be interested to hear what your mount rushmore would be i don't think it would be all I first. need to pick four Jackson Brown albums. So do you're, you're in charge. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame comes to you. Just four. 
four have to be on his Mount Rushmore. You only have four heads in Mount Rushmore. Oh, I've never boy. been there, but that's what I'm told. All right. I would pick four out of these first six. I would use holdout as the path back to where I parked the car. Let me pick. Um, it's there. It's at Mount Rushmore. I'm going to, mm, Jim, my Mount Rushmore would be the pretender. Yeah, definitely. Running on empty. Definitely. Holdout. Yep. And then I jumped to 1993 with I'm Alive. Yeah, we're going to get to that one. That's that's good. That That's my four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're close. We're close. I still don't know if you like Holdout or not. You're Here, not saying. Here's, here's what I don't like. You introduced me to Jackson Brown at Holdout. We, we, we jumped into the show at that point. Um, Let's talk about this real quick. So I went from Catholic middle school, let's say. Yeah. To public high school. Yeah. You had it. So I went you first it, through. First you had through, it beat into you. First through eighth. Yeah. Catholic school. And now we meet in Hollidaysburg Junior High in ninth grade. I think we actually met at McDonald's and then high school, but no, something no, like that. No, because no, because we were at the same lunch table. That's possible. <laughs> so we're fifteen. We had no video from. I don't even then. know how I met. I don't even know how I met people in high school when I went from Catholic school to high school. All I know is all of a sudden here I am at this lunch table. Hey guys, come over to my house. Hey I'm guys, gonna, I got hold out. We can listen to it. Hey guys, I got a stereo and everything. You should come over. My mom makes cookies. Um, yeah, it's not like, like we didn't drink and stuff in high school. No. So it's not like we snuck to your house. And we don't your drink now, children. No, we do. Uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, that didn't draw us together. No. Um, we did both work at McDonald's. We were both we, worked at McDonald's we with both, our friend John we, Gallagher. We, we both spent every paycheck we earned at McDonald's at National Record Mart. Yes, and going to <laughs> concerts and going to concerts and we were the kids that went to con like we would go to a concert in pittsburgh like on a wednesday night would come in thursday morning with like a police t-shirt on and couldn't and the other, hear and couldn't yeah, hear and the other kids would be like you went to the police last night yeah yeah i loved the, i don't remember who we saw that we were like in the first row it might have been cheap trick cheap or tricky. ted nugent or somebody probably both and we got back to your house late and we're like screaming we at each hear. other no. and your dad comes out and he's like shut up what's wrong with you if yeah. you're right, I don't want to be. That's what my dad would say. I don't think we, Very could, be, don't think we could hear fully for like a week after that show. So fucking loud. Yeah. So, uh, so loud. yes, I like this album. All right. I don't love it. Because finally, he's, finally, he says it. He likes it. Here's my butt. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of the 80s synthesizer sound. We get a little bit away from guitars, right. mandolin, Fair piano. Enough. We get into more synthesizer, more electronic. Um, so... Do I like most of the tracks on here? Yeah. I just don't love it as much as the earlier stuff. All right. And I'll like later stuff. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. I, What's I, your... What? I, I picked the title track. I, I think it's just a great title It's funny because like two songs could be the title track. I mean, this is the title track because it's called Hold Out. But then the song I picked is called Hold On, Hold Out. And I know I've been uh, driving you crazy with lyrics. Let me read a quick lyric. So this is from Disco Apocalypse, which we can <laughs> okay, play that which we're one. not playing. Yeah, which we're not playing. And I just don't think his lyrics are as good as on this album. Listen oh, listen to this. I am so angry. You, you've heard some of the earlier ones. You might make me cry. The yep. songs might not. You might. Listen to this. This is from this Disco Apocalypse. All right. Down the streets and the avenue. There be sisters walking two by two. Yeah. Their dresses and their shoes, shoes are, are new. new. Before the hearts are heavy through and through. I think about it's but but, but, their, but hearts, their hearts are heavy. Wow, you know this through. album. Yeah. And it's a long way into the light of day where while the jukebox and, and the radio, radio play. That's a far yeah. cry from the earlier lyrics. I like it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. He's painting a picture for me. My theory is this is my theory. 
He's trying to kill disco before it gets any more headwind. <laughs> and so he just puts out a bad disco-y sounding song. In fact, we should just play it. He sings in a super high register too. Yeah. Drop you want that, me, you want yeah, me to drop, drop that it one in? instead? I think his, I think his thing is right. here. Disco sucks. And I'm going to try well, to kill it before it gets started. I'm still going to play the song you chose, but it. I will, I will drop in here and play a little of a disco apocalypse because it's a fantastic song. It's yeah, not. I love it. It's really good. Where is it? Let me find it. Here we go. All right. I'm queuing it up. I'm just going to drop it in the middle. See what we get. It's There's that keyboard that you love. Everybody do it. I can picture everybody's grandma at every wedding dancing right now. That's what I can picture. They're doing the hustle. Here's, where, here's the real high singing. This is the lead off track. This kicks off the album, sets the tone of what's going to happen. And then he just says, Apocalypse. Say it. Apocalypse. Yeah. I'm yeah. all in. Yeah. I'm so, all in. So I have two wild theories about this album. One is he was trying to kill disco by showing us what it was going to do to great artists like himself if we allowed this music on the airways. Maybe. It didn't work. Um, we, we had to live through the 80s. The, the second one is the song Hold Out. I think he's asking us to hold out until the 90s when he comes back <laughs> to his mind with good music. How dare you? But we'll go through them one by one. We're not, we can skip ahead to the 90s. Neither one of us chose like the two most popular songs in the album, which is Boulevard, which is killer. Was that a hit? Yeah, that was the single. Are you joking? You're joking. How dare you? <laughs> And then the other one is uh, That Girl sing, Could Sing. Give me a lyric or something from it because I don't know if I know Boulevard. You know. You know that guitar riff, that opening guitar riff. It's all okay. synthesizers on here. There's no guitar. Here's Hold Out. Oh, I must have known this album sold two million copies. Is, is that a lot? It's double platinum. I don't know why. Not much you can it's a great song yeah and it, it, his message was clear to me hold out i'll be back <laughs> it's gonna be about another decade but i'll be back and now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, I want to give a shout out right now to U-Turn Audio. Now look, a few years back, U-Turn Audio sent me a free turntable. And that got me back into vinyl. But ever since I got that turntable, I've been looking for some speakers that sounded to my ear the way my speakers did with my stereo when I was in high school. And I haven't been able to find those. Now, I've purchased many speakers. Like, I'll... I'll order something on Amazon, try them, and they sound like crap, and they go right back to Bezos' house. I actually have his address. I send them right to his house. But U-Turn Audio actually makes speakers. And just this past week, they sent me a pair. The speakers plug right into the turntable, turn on the preamp, turn on the speakers, and you are good to go. These are bookshelf size speakers, ultra-low distortion amplification meets classic speaker design, and they are terrific. So look... 
go to uturnaudio.com, click on their speakers page. They come in black. I have the black. They come in white and they come in wood tone. And these things sound great. They're bookshelf size. So try these out, folks. I do not think you'll be disappointed. Now back to the show. Let's tell stories that make us sound like old men. We would go to the drive-in movie theater. And I was, uh, I have uh, an aversion to small places. So I would drive my car in and you and John Gallagher would ride in the trunk. Yes. And it, and yeah, let's make ourselves sound like old men. Yeah, well, it probably cost a dollar to go to the movie. A dollar, back. a dollar. But we would still two dollars. We tops. would still sneak two people in yeah. out of the three, and then we would round up whatever snacks we could find at our houses. Yeah, we'd take our parents. And food. again, not beer. No, not whiskey. Not Boone's Farm. Pro- probably soda, bag of chips. Yeah, maybe a candy bar. Whatever we could, we could find. Whatever we could find. And we went, we'd go and see Star Wars like every night for two we'd weeks. We'd see like a double feature, some crazy so we, stupid we, horror movies, Mausoleum. We probably ended up giving Star Wars $20 because we went to see it like 14 times or something. I but, remember we saw Stripes at the drive-in and I took my my little cassette recorder and I, and I recorded the whole movie, the audio of the whole movie on a cassette recorder because I, I wanted the audio of that. What do you do with that? I don't know. Maybe you listen to it. It could be a good show. I don't know. But when, that's when what you have do. Bill Murray on. All right, my song is Hold On, Hold, Hold Out. Out. And that these are two words that, because of my uh, Pennsylvania accent, anything with an L in there is very hard for me to say. Do you have any of that? No, you grew up in Ohio. Say the word. Word. Hold. Hold. I really have to. Hold. Because it can come out as hoed. Hoed out. Hoed out. Hoed out, hold out. Hold on, hold out. Yeah. Hold down. Okay, here we go. Here's my song. He's dancing. Look at her. The head's going. They say you're Watch that chord. No time at all. You know wrong. Known it all along. See, I want to listen to this album right now. Yeah, like I said, it's at my Mount Rushmore. It's, it's signed. Right it's just, it's the just wall. the path back to the car. It's not up on the mountain. It's there. It's definitely part of that great first decade. All right. Now, before we go to the next album from nineteen uh, from nineteen eighty six, we have to take a quick detour because he releases what I think is one of his best songs, and definitely one of the best songs ever to be featured on a soundtrack from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And this is when there was there were soundtracks. They were called original motion picture soundtrack which means the songs on these soundtracks were not going to be on any album you couldn't get them anywhere else you could only get them on this compilation and this is somebody's baby Do you like this song? This song's undeniable. Oh my God. I'm going to have a stroke. 
Here's what I like about this song. It fits perfectly with an 80s mu- movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's my rant. I, I, I don't, and I think you're jumping to Lawyers in Love next, 83. You said 86. I don't think you're, you're right. Gonna, yeah, yeah, You're 83. not going to jump over Lawyers in no, Love. No, no, no. You're right. 83. And, and my what bad. I, what I would say about Lawyers in Love is it's a fine album. And we talked about fine yesterday. <laughs> it's, 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 I know. Um, I, I, I love 80s movies. Um, and I think a lot of these songs do fit perfectly with them. That's why I picked For a Rocker, because I think it could go in any montage scene in any 80s movie. Um, I got another list for you. I, know I you, like this album top to bottom. I like every song on this album. Uh, Tender is the Night. Five best and five worst 80s movies. Coming of age. Is this, are we doing fun facts again? Yeah. You're all over the place now. Now I know. I thought we were going to play a song, and now you're throwing this at me. Come on, because... Guess what? What do you want me to do? You want Guess me to what? name something? Fast Times at Ridgemont High did not make the list. You want me to name the top five 80s movies? No, Coming of Age. Coming of Age? Okay. Uh, Jesus. Breakfast Club. Number two. All yeah, right. Very good. Pretty in Pink? Yeah, number three. Hmm, both John Hughes movies. Uh, Ferris Bueller's not a coming of age movie. So Number not... one. Ferris Bueller, is, is, it, is that a coming of age movie? According to Screen Rant. Are these just all John Hughes movies? I'm just giving you the list. Uh, Stand By Me. No. All right, what are, what are four and five? I've got no time for Some this. Some Kind of Wonderful <laughs> and Heathers. Some Kind of Wonderful is another John Hughes movie. Yeah. And then Heathers. Worst, isn't. Weird Science made worse list. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible a, movie. That's a John Hughes, isn't it? Yeah, but that's terrible. Yeah. 16 Candles, that made worse list. I think because it's 16 so... 16 Candles, is, I think it's because racist it's so now. racist now. Yeah. I think that's why it did. Yeah, they got a character, Long Duck Dong. We'll, we'll jump off of that. I can tell you're annoyed with it. Footloose... I, did, I just Footloose, didn't, I wasn't expecting it. Footloose was picked as the worst 80s movie coming really? of age. Because they said the premise was just so stupid. You can't dance in their town. A whole town that bans dancing. Come on. I bet you can find that town right now in 2022. <laughs> All right, Lawyers in Love. This is the first time he ever makes a video. Yeah. Yeah, we had MTV. For the title track. We yeah, had we had MTV. Yeah. I want my MTV. Yeah. My mom called it that damn MTV. She'd come in. Oh, you're watching that damn MTV again. But, I mean, early MTV was like early ESPN, where early ESPN, all you had was like Australian Rules Football and, and, <laughs> and like billiards. Yeah. <laughs> and early MTV, you had about the same 20 videos because yep. nobody had videos. No one really had them. So if you didn't like those videos... That was pretty much all there was. Somehow I would sit there for hours and watch that same 20 videos. Well, then they would tell you for like two weeks, there's a world premiere. World premiere. World Jackson premiere. Brown, world Warriors premiere. in Love. But first, we're going to count down the 10 songs from last yeah. week. And they're the same songs you've been singing every single day. All right, you picked for a rocker. Yeah, and I, like I said, that I, I think it fits in any montage mm-hmm. scene in 80, any of these 80s movies. It just does. Some backstory on this. This is written for, as a tribute to James Honeyman Scott, the guitarist uh, pretenders. of Pretenders, who yeah. passed away. Uh, he even says Peggy Sue in it, which is James Honeyman Scott's wife's name. So, this is, a good, this is a good song. Does this close out the album? It might. Open the door, baby, turn on the light. We're gonna have a party tonight for a rocker.
song yeah it could be in footloose <laughs> it could be in footloose sure it's a montage as they're getting ready yeah, to go to the dance they, they all have that 80s radio rock beat with a lot why. of synthesizer a lot of like you're talking like, like that's a bad thing it's just not my thing i guess so i'm not trying to pull anybody over to my camp i think they fit beautifully with 80s movies just you're, that, are rompy, disapp- that are rompy. disappointed i'm a little sad i'm a little disappointed that's all i'm gonna say there are some gems on these albums mm-hmm. um as as a catalog or as a whole album to me a lot of it just starts to sound the same because of the music the backing music brings it all together and, uh-huh. and makes it all sound very similar rolling to me. stone magazine gave this four out of five stars what do they know that said all music gave it two out of five they didn't put li- running on empty on the top 10 album so <laughs> that's now, true now so it's a good source now it's a good source well Come it's on. a good source if it goes the way i want it to go <laughs> then certainly it's a good source. Okay, I picked the song. I could have picked any song on this because, again, I love it. Eight songs, 35 minutes. I picked a song called Cut It Away. Yeah. Because I do like this song. Or I wouldn't have picked it. Cut it Stop playing air keyboard, Jim. He's playing the air synth. It's not like it's a keytar. Stop doing that. <laughs> all the negative things you're saying are all the things that I love about this. I know. And that's that's what's great about it is um, two people that both love the musician, uh, we can disagree on what our favorite tracks are, what our favorite albums are. It doesn't make it bad or good. Yeah, it doesn't make me right and you wrong. It does, but it doesn't. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, In general, it, I liked 80s bands that were 80s bands that just, that was their sound. I don't know who I would even give as a good example. Poison. Maybe the Cars, you know, or something like that. Bon Jovi. The Cars had synthesizers and electronic. Cars is a good choice. Electronic drums, synthesizers. Mm-hmm. They never had this raw acoustic sound with David Crosby and Don Henley. Gotcha. And then all of a sudden, they were... They change it up. They, he's changing it up. And Are you he, saying he's selling out? Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know if he's selling out, but that's what was playing or on the airwaves. changing with the times? That's what MTV wanted. Is he maturing? Possibly, yeah. That's, but that's what, that's what was playing in the 80s, and I think he did jump into that more than, say, like a band like the Rolling Stones. They just kept doing Stones. The Who, yeah. they just kept doing Who. Right. They, they didn't all of a sudden do Disco Apocalypse. They just, well, they, the, well, the Rolling they, Stones did do Miss You. Yeah, yeah, they 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 put emotional their t- rescue. They put their toe in, but they're not dedicating album after album to it. All right, you ready? We're gonna we're gonna go on a tangent here. Go. 1985. There's a song that comes out. Jackson Brown sings co-lead vocal on. Well, I'm gonna play it, and then we'll talk about it. I'm sure you don't like it. That's Clarence Clemens. Very 80s. 
a long time to get to the chorus, but the song's called You're a Friend of Mine. Yeah, was it on uh, the soundtrack of Teen Wolf? <laughs> I don't think, I think it was just on Clarence Clemens album called Hero. It was definitely on a soundtrack for some 80s movie. I don't think movie. it was. I gotta say, now I gotta, now look, we're, we're one hour and 14 minutes and I have to tell Allie and I have to tell Becky that this is not a hostage situation. You can, Becky, you can not listen to this show anytime. But if you don't want to listen live, you guys are not. You guys don't have to stay here. And I want you to stay. But you don't have to stay. All right. Scale of one to ten, how much fun are you having, Becky? I'm having fun. Okay, so you wouldn't give a number, so I'm going to say that's about a four. I agree with Jim on the last album. Okay, you're not here to support your husband. You do that in the car later. You can say, Pat was wrong. That's a white voice. Pat didn't know what he was talking about. He's he's reaching, you know, he's... His lyrics are great. His voice is great. The band is great. It's just not my style of music. How dare That's you. all. I am so angry. I, okay. I don't want to come across all negative. There are some great songs on these albums. You can, no, you can be negative. We love negativity here. Yeah. The world needs more. Okay. 1986, Lives in the Balance. I was working at a record store when this one came out. And we we get to take turns on the album. Everyone, like, everyone would get to turn to play an album side. And I always played this album. Because I love the uh, opening track so much, which you picked. Yeah, I think that opening track, um, that's like uh, his early work collides with Neil Diamond. I think that's probably why you love it, because you're a big Neil Diamond guy. Just because it has the word America in the title doesn't mean that it collides with Neil Diamond. It's got that same anthem-y, anthem type. Nothing wrong with an anthem. Bon Jovi makes a living at it. There's nothing wrong with it. I love that track. What I don't love about this album, early on, his politics, his religion, his ideology was sprinkled into songs. Now I feel like he's dropping political pamphlets from a plane. Like it's it's very direct. It's very in my face. Yeah, I'm going to read you a quick lyric. I know you're getting tired of the lyrics, but this this is till I go down. He says, "I'm not going to shut my mouth." He turns off my mic. I love it. Here's the lyric: "I'm okay. not going to shut my mouth." I'm for the truth to come out about the leader with the iron will and the allegiance to the dollar bill. Like, that's just so much more. Yeah, man. He's taking the man down right to the knees. Here's what I wrote. Taking him out. Here's what I wrote. This would work as a punk or a rap song, but he uses this like reggae pop beat. Yeah, I don't like, I I don't like a reggae. uh, And you know what it reminds me of? It's that guy. I'm not a fan of this song either. It's when you see that scene in the movie, like everybody's going about their business in like the the park yeah. then there's this guy with a bullhorn hey, they, they're killing all the animals they're taking all of our money <laughs> like that's what this these lyrics sound like to me on some of these songs he's just he's a little too over the top and maybe he's i know this is the reagan era he really had a problem with reagan being the president yeah and i think he said you know what subtle isn't working let's just let's hit him over the head let's just hit him hard I, uh, this song this album has eight songs i like fi- i really like five of these but then there's three that i they're very they would get strong. The They're the guy in the bullhorn. And uh, would you agree he started to lose a lot of fans here because of it? Well, I mean, this this album also went platinum, so I think he's hanging on. He's hanging on to fans. I think the next album is when yeah, that's people disappear. That's when the Shark Tank scene it's happened. Pretty rough. All right. So your song is the opening track for America. Yeah, this is one of those, you know. It's a good one. Donald Trump would be proud to play this. Comfort of it 
You think this is heavy-handed? Statue of Liberty is on the cover. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, he acknowledges in this song, like, I was made for America. He couldn't say the things that he says in other countries. You know, that's, yeah, that's that guy. That's that, true. That's that guy that gets I never really thought about taken that away. And, You're right. Um, yeah, so he, he knows he can use his platform to reach a lot of people. What I love about Jackson Brown, and I think a lot of people know about him, is you know, he's got a solar home. He's he's got. Um, I, I've heard on his tour. Oh, he would hate this. This he plastic doesn't allow, bottle. He doesn't oh allow God. any plastic no. on his tours. Nope. Uh, it's all sustainable things. Yep. Um, you know, has he made mistakes in his life? Absolutely, we all have. But he he does walk the talk a lot. He does. In, in the, the causes that he gets behind, the the benefits that he plays to raise money for causes. So yeah. you can disagree with some of his politics or all of them. But he's not just selling out for the dollars. Yeah. He does believe in his he does. His rants. I agree. He I, I does. just musically, I just like when he's a little softer with how he. I, I don't want that guy with the bullhorn coming at me with his rant. I'd rather have him say, "Hey, have you ever thought about it this way?" Uh, right. It just makes a better song to me. Well, the song that I'm going to play is one of my top five Jackson Brown songs of all time, out of the whole entire catalog. Is it going to make you cry? Would it, it would make your route Mount Rushmore of Jackson Brown songs. Yes. Well, it made me cry. It, it could at times. I don't think I'll cry today because I'm so angry at you and your take. <laughs> but uh, but this is it. I love this song so much. In the shape of a heart. And getting the nod from Becky. There was a hole left in the wall from some ancient fight. Don't cry. Don't cry. About the size of a fist. I love the drums. Something thrown that had missed. There were other holes as well in the house where our nights fell. Far too many to repair in the time that we were there. People speak of love, don't know what they're thinking of. Reach out to each other through the push and shove. Now I know why I like the drums. It's Stan Lynch from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a great song. That's that's one. Um, you know, you could picture that being like, oh, that was written by Dylan, and then somebody obviously sings it way better than Dylan. Because nobody, a lot of his great tracks I think are covered by people with different vocal yeah. abilities. Um, or it could be one that Billy Joel's doing or Elton John. And it's just that's just a great ballad. It really is. All right, we're closing out the 80s now with this is my least favorite Jackson Brown album. All I wrote was help me through this record. Oh, this is rough. <laughs> That's, um, this is so rough. Yeah, and I think uh, you're right. I, I was probably a little harder on some of those earlier 80s albums, but it was building up to this crescendo. Yeah, this is just like we had the crescendo at the good. end of his first decade with The Pretender and, and, mm -hmm. and Hold Out. This was the crescendo of this political over the topness yeah this is um, big time political here um yeah just not my jackson brown no i mean yeah i don't even know what to say about this album 
you know, not not does not get. I'm many still spins. holding. I'm still holding out at this point. I was disappointed. You know, when like you buy an album and you're disappointed. This was a disappointing album for me. I don't own it. I had to listen to some tracks on iTunes where they give you like the 50 second preview. Yeah. That's how I, I don't even it. like the song you picked. I just not one I like either. The so re- the reason I picked it because uh, my wife Becky said it felt like you could maybe dance to it. <laughs> <laughs> we we could do a listener poll if you know. Do they call into the show? I don't know what these phone banks yeah. are here for. There's like 50 phones in the studio here, folks. I have no idea. Caller, you're on the air. Um, World in Motion. You picked the title track. I think because I really didn't listen to this whole album, I couldn't. Yeah. I tried. You, it's good. You you saved an hour of your life. Yeah, it's it's rough. Here we go. Sun going down in the USA. A lot of synthesizers. Maybe this album makes me cry just because it's awful. You can kill it. You've heard enough already. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna say. Around the corner, you can hear the sound. <sighs> yeah, I just if, if you would have told me like me. he was in a big battle with his record label and he had to do one more album to get out of the, <laughs> before he could get out of the label, he just wanted to piss would, them off. I would have thought this would have been the album he would have done to get out of that label. He just threw something together. Yeah, just said, you know, what's some stuff that's on track that we're never gonna use. Um, and just kind of give them one last F you as I go yeah. out the door. But it's not. He has a great relationship yeah. with his with his label. And ah, I don't know what happened here. Ten songs. I think maybe I like four. And I'm not saying that they're good songs. I'm just saying I like four of these ten. And this is one of them. It's called Enough of the Night. You used to stand on the table. You used to shoot out the light. You used to stop trucks on I-19 In your blue leopard tights You got the vote of your high school Most I'm noticing the synth in these keyboards more than I ever did before because you pointed it out to me. But not to ever get enough Enough of what you need Enough of the night Yeah. It's just like, wait, does the song, he didn't have the songs. The songs weren't there for me. Now, I, I'm not going to read all this, but I, I was wondering, like, at that time, I'm thinking, you know, he's got a great back catalog. I'm yeah. thinking he's probably out on the road playing maybe one song off this album and still packing the house. Yeah. So I pulled up, there's a great site called setlist.fm. I've it, heard of it. It's awesome. You can put in any band, any tour year, and it'll show you their set list. And so how many songs is he playing off this album? So he does, he did 45 shows on the World in Motion tour. Okay. And uh, 21 songs a night. He mixes up the order. If you look through mm-hmm. them all, he's playing eight off of this album. Eight songs off of this album? Yeah. Let uh, me hear. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's it's six. It's six. Um, six is too much. Enough of the night. Okay, I'll listen to that. that Chasing was, you into the light. I do like that one. Anything can happen. That's another one I like. Um, how long? I like that one too. Those are four. The four I when like. When the stone begins to okay, turn. That's I go get a hot dog. And then World in Motion. All right, I go to the bathroom. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously he's sprinkling in. He plays at least one song from all the other back catalog. Um, the most back catalog comes from Running on Empty. He plays four from that on average. Um, and then everything else, like from his first album, he plays Dr. My Eyes. I will, um, I will tell people, this is a buyer beware. If you're going to go see Jackson Brown and you don't know his catalog, thank you. That's top where to would... bottom, front to back, you will be disappointed because my sister-in-law... She told me, she goes, I got Jackson Brown tickets. And I said to her, I go, oh, I wish you would have told me before you bought them. She's like, why? And I go, because he's not going to play the songs 
that you think he's going to play or that you want him to play. And when the show was over, she said, I think I knew three songs. I go, yeah, it's just, he doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't play his greatest hits. He doesn't play his greatest hits. No, no. And that's, that's what I thought was interesting is, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't like this album, but he didn't shy away from it. He's out there playing six out of 21 songs yeah. in a set list. That's almost a third of the set. Yeah. Now, if where, you go see Bruce Springsteen, he's going to play six songs off his new album, but he's going to play 40 songs yeah, yeah, for yeah. three and a half hours. So he, you are going to get what you need. But yeah, Jackson Brown. And I respect that if you've spent time writing and recording an album, you want to play it for the people. I, I think he likes it. Yeah, I think he wants to say, hey, this is my art and take it or leave it. All right, 1993. It's the first album of the 90s. There's only two albums in the 90s. This is one. I'm, this is on my Mount Rushmore. I'm alive. What yeah. song do you have for us? Uh, all good things. Yeah, it's this. I mean, this whole album is great, top to bottom. This was like this is what I was holding out for because I was nervous because I'm like that last album sucked. What's this going to be like? And then this was total. What do I want to say? Redemption from that last album. Uh, he gets back to more guitars, mm -hmm. more piano, yep. more violin, mm -hmm. uh, more of what I would call his classic sound. B better songwriting. Obviously, he's got 20 years of practicing now, so he's a, even a better musician. He's he's got great people on the album working with them. Um, yeah, I think it's just and and it, he starts to get back a little bit out of our face again with the lyrics. Yeah, I would I would almost tell people that if you've never heard a Jackson Brown album, you might want to start here. It's not a bad place to drop in either. All right, all good things. Very positive song. Got to come to an end. The eighties. Yeah. The thrills have to fade. World in motion. For they come round again. Such a bad album. World in motion. The bills will be paid. And the pleasure will mend all good things. Gotta come to an end. Like a phoenix like, rising from that, the ashes. That 80 sheen is off of there. It's totally off. We have piano. We don't have. With my friends. It's crisp. Yeah. The call of the wild. Caution thrown to the wind. The fall of a child. Great pick. Good song. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, my song. This is in my top five Jackson Brown songs of all time, too. This song is called Sky Blue and Black. Yeah, good, 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 good. Now, I've seen Jackson Brown about six times. And three of those times, I think it was when he was just solo acoustic. He had like 20 guitars on the stage and a keyboard, but he's very cranky at these solo acoustic song shows because people are yelling out songs and he does not like that. And he will tell you, it's, he makes no bones about it. He's just like, yeah, I have a set list set. I have a show that yeah, I put Yeah, and together. that's kind of a greatest hit set list that he's, that he's doing on the solo acoustic. Yeah. Pretty much. And it's around this time, isn't it? Or is it a little bit later? Um, More closer I I, to 2000. I, I closer think, to 2000. Yeah. yeah, that's when I saw him for the first time. Yeah. So 
I saw him at a venue called the Thousand Oaks Civic Center. That's where I got that album autographed. And um, it's a solo show and it's, it's a theater, you know? So if people yell out, because it's a quiet show because there's not a whole band. So if people yell out, everyone can hear it. So he sits down at the keyboards. And they're, they're probably yelling out, running on empty. Well, here's what happened. And this pissed me off. I wish I could find this guy. And I would have given him the same thing that happened to Adam. I would have thrown him out a window. Jackson Brown sits down. He starts to play Sky Blue and Black. And so I'm in my seat. I'm like getting chills. I'm like, this is fantastic. And a guy yells out, Sky Blue and Black. And Jackson Brown stops playing it. Gets up, grabs a guitar, sits on a stool, and starts to play a different song. And I was like, you motherfucker. Not to him. The guy in the balcony. I'm like, that guy just ruined it. I was about to hear Sky Blue and Black. Uh, that was so disappointing. Well, let's hear it now. That's rough. This will be the makeup. That's like how he treats a heckler. Like, that's his way of getting back at the heckler. All right, Sky Blue and Black. Sky Blue and Black! I, for a second, I didn't know where that came from. I was like, what What just happened? Is that on the recording? What the heck happened? I couldn't resist. I'm so sorry. Look, I would have done it too had I been in your position. So I admire it. All right. Now let's take it from the top. You going to do that again? No. I respect it. Okay, here we go. Taking it from the top. Here we go. Oh, that, no, no, no. That's a song that would have made me cry, but I'm getting through it. You yelling helped for me not to cry. It didn't help my ears. Put my, put my emotions in check. That was the first time I actually talked into the mic. It was. <laughs> See how nice it sounds when you talk into it? It does. All right. Moving on to 1996. This album is Looking East. I was hoping that it would be in the vein of I'm Alive, and it is, but it's just not as good as I'm Alive got some strong tracks but it doesn't have 10 strong tracks yeah a little bit more uneven but like yeah. you said it's not a regression to worlds in motion no it's um almost like you and i don't know this is something we could probably look up maybe he had did he have some lineup changes with some band there is this that one he recorded like in the warehouse no it's in la same, somewhere it's like, basically they, the same group of people I think they might have recorded this one though in a warehouse or something where they made it into a studio. He liked the acoustics or something. Like I think they got a little too cute. I don't know. Um, they got a little too cute. <laughs> I did find that. I'll read this real quick because I know we're killing time here. But I got to be um, honest now. We're we we got through the '80s very quickly. Yeah. Because we're we're at 90 minutes right now, and now and now we're in we're the in the home stretch. stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So you were you were saying earlier about when he was in the '80s, like or the in the early albums, you're saying about he's writing these incredible songs. And mm -hmm. He's like 22 years old, 24 yeah. years old. Here's a quote from the L.A. Times, in July 2021. He's talking about he's like, you know, I, I think it's not a good idea to try to write a song as good as some other songs you've already written, because when you wrote that song that you thought was so 
you thought so highly of, you weren't holding it up against some other standard. Right. You were just trying to write something new, you know? And yeah. I think that's his mindset as he goes into any project, any song. Uh, we all want that same great song after song after song. Nobody can do that. Yeah. You're I mean, always competing with yourself, but you shouldn't try to compete with yourself. You should just write what you're feeling. I, I think and, if you take his pray. his catalog and you broke it into like fifths, like these first five albums, the next five mm -hmm. and the last five, I think most musicians would kill for that catalog. Yeah, <laughs> Geffen should have kept them and he could have sold them to other musicians that could record those tracks. Like anybody would kill for any part of that catalog, the, the songs and the lyrics and that just, yeah. So anyway, yeah, th this album's not as great as the last one and certainly not the one coming up next, which I think is the best in this next batch, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, the next the next albums after this album, then we're into the two thousands. So yeah, we can't even include it with these two nineties albums. Only two albums in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's your song? Uh, Barricades of Heaven. All right. sounds good he's not a super strong singer you know what i'm saying i don't mean that in a bad way but he he no, really does as much as he can with what he was given but he's not i never consider him like you know the greatest vocalist he's not a bad vocalist i wish i could sing like this but you know what i mean he's got the range but he doesn't have the volume I think is yeah yeah is. oh that's a good way to put it yeah Jim, but that, was, that, was that in your notes put that write that in your notes for later so you can tell that, people i should have wrote that down uh no what i love about that song is that could be on the first five or six albums that easily could be. easily i mean it's it's just so good you're right his voice sounds incredible on that album it just yeah it's, it's an uneven album top to bottom yeah but there's many tracks like that that are very good on that album and i picked a song that makes the album uneven i believe but i picked it because Five years ago, I became a cat dad. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I know which song this is, yeah. So I picked a song called I'm the Cat. Yeah. Because I'm a cat dad. You can look at my car. I got a magnet. It says cat dad. Here we go. I am the cat. Baby, I'm around you enough to know when you're coming down. I am the there we go I'm the cat that's, that's one of the songs I like. Not about more like a, being a cool cat, like a, yeah. It's not like they used it's to not say about being the, a kitty. Uh, 
at the jazz clubs. You were cool cat. Yeah, you're a hep cat. Yeah, and he's got that kind of reggae, little bit beat thing going. Creeps he, in there a little bit. He does that on these next few albums. He slips it in here and there. Yeah, I, I'm not it's usually a, the song I don't like. It reminds me too much of a Jimmy Buffett backing track right like with that just that calypso kind of yeah it's just thing. not it's not jackson brown it's like don't stop doing that it offends me as much as the 80s synthesizer sound <laughs> might offend me more all right so 2002 the album is the naked ride home and you picked a, a very good song yeah th- this album i think is like it's underrated way underrated yeah to me if he went anywhere on, uh, you know, Worlds in Motion, this album said I'm all the way back. Like, I'm mm-hmm. guys, I never went anywhere. I don't know what happened to that album. Um, My Stunning Mystery Command, Companion, to me, it sounds like the sister song of Your Bright Baby Blues. Mm-hmm. I, I, almost like he's telling the same story later on in life about him and his girl. And again, it could be me and my girl. It could be you and your girl. Like, he, it's, it sounds... I don't have a girl. I'm married. Yeah, you do. She's your girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's it's it's. Do I have to ask her out on dates still? On your anniversary, okay. And her birthday, all right. And Valentine's Day, okay. That's a lot. That's three and Mother's a Day. Year. Oh, that's four a year. Um, no, it's just Pressure. I, this this album and this song especially. I feel like he's getting back into that more inward focus with the lyrics and the tunes, um, where it does speak to so many people. Where it's he's he's telling his story, but it could be somebody else's story or your own. Yeah. And, it's more relatable again. Yeah, there's still some good politics sprinkled in here in these songs, but again, he's not screaming through the bullhorn. He's just sneaking it into me and just saying, hey, consider this. And the uh, the time frame now between albums is he's going six years between albums. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, but I think around this time is when he was doing that solo acoustic stuff, if I remember. Yeah. You could look up when those dropped, but... I want to say that's when he was doing a lot of that. And maybe that helped him get back to more of that sound by playing those songs every night. Stripping everything down. and Just playing the guitar, just playing the piano, maybe the slide guitar a little bit. Maybe stopping a song three chords in to play a different song to make a one guy mad and one guy sad. Yeah. But, okay. But, My- but this song to me could be the next track on the album with the other song. It's just, they, they could be back to back. I highly agree. So here we go with my stunning mystery companion. All my expectations long abandoned And the future I no longer saw my hand in How I found you is beyond my understanding My stunning mystery companion I know that you don't want to be out here forever on this road Or live among the boxes where all my past lives have been stored Maybe you're thinking of some place with a garden by the sea Well, we could slow down and you could put a little more work in on me. He only wrote four of these songs on his own. The other six are written by committee with the current band members. Mark Goldenberg, Mauricio Lewick, Kevin McCormick, and Jeff Young. 
So that's interesting. That's a change up. Yeah, I think we start to see that a little more on these next few records that are spread out more. I don't know if he's just giving them some um, credentials and things because they're going to need that as they branch out from his band. A lot of times you see that with um, bands. When they get older, they will let their guitarist play one of his tracks, even at concert. How Um, many good songs does someone have in them? You know what I mean? Yeah, it could be part of it too. Um, But... Billy Joel was in 93. He goes, I got no more songs. This is it. I'm done. Is that when he started doing all the like show tunes and stuff? No, he just stopped recording new music. It was his last studio album. Well, Garth Brooks took a 10-year hiatus. (laughs) That's true, to raise his family. (laughs) All right, my song from The Naked Ride Home is called The Night Inside Me. Oh, love the guitar on this. I used to lay out in the field under the Milky Way With everything that I was feeling that I could not say With every doubt and every sorrow that was in my way Tearing around inside my head like it was there to stay Night in my eyes Night inside me There were the shadows And the night close to hearing your story about uh, seeing Jackson Brown in concert? Is it a couple albums away? A couple albums away. All right. We're almost done, ladies. Ladies that are in the room, we're almost done. Listeners got to hang in to the end for the big world premiere of my story about seeing (laughs) Jackson Brown live. (laughs) All right. September 23rd, 2008. This album comes out, Time the Conqueror. I think I saw him three times on this tour. I was in the front row for one of those shows. Uh, It seems like I go see Jackson. Jackson isn't someone. Japson? That's I said Japson. Yeah. It's not good. It's his son, isn't it? I'm having cognitive issues right now. I think that's one of his kids. Japson. Named him Japson? Yeah. What I was going to say was I think I've seen Jackson Brown, he's the artist I've seen more by myself than any other artist. Did you you ever go to a concert by yourself? No. Yeah. If no one will go, I just go. No. If it's someone I really want to see, I go. I won't even watch a music video by myself. And I won't force someone to go with me because if you're if they're there and they, they don't want to be there, then it's no fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Now I I I I've ended up at a concert by myself. Um, in fact, uh, the aforementioned John Gallagher, him and I worked at Lake Racetown in the summer. Okay. We went to see uh, what a great show it was. Wang Chung with Tina Turner. Oh, I, wow. I believe that was the lineup at uh, That's probably at Juniata the, College. What year is that? Early 80s. She was probably... Uh, was that when she was coming back or was it prior to the comeback? The private dancer era. I think it was around that. You know, that it would, like would have a, been like 83, 84, 85, like a good somewhere double in there. bill for Juniata College? It was at like this fairgrounds near the college. Mm-hmm. And somehow, and it wasn't a ginormous crowd, maybe mm-hmm. 10,000 people or something, but it was all, you're just standing. Mm -hmm. There's no chairs. There's no theater. They just up on a stage. And the people that we went with, that we worked with, I think maybe five or six of us piled into a car and went down to this show. Somehow I got, I think I might've went to use the restroom or get another beer or something. Did Lynn Trinks go? 
No, she did not work there. All right. Um, That's who you lost your virginity um, with, right? Lynn Trinks? Uh, Linda Peters worked there mm-hmm. from high school. But um, Are you going to tell us about Lynn Trinks? No, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> she fell. I didn't push her. <laughs> no, I, now you're making the story a bad story even worse. So, yeah, I just. So, I, what happened? John just left you? I went for a beer or the restroom or something. And then, and this is like two, maybe two songs into the show. Actually, it wasn't, it was Wang Chung in the cars. It wasn't Tina Turner. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, it was very good. That's that's the one and only time I ever saw the cars. And uh, Wang Chung opened up and while they're opening up, I didn't really know their music, didn't really care for their music. I'm Mm -hmm. waiting for the cars. I think I went to get another round of beers or something for our group. The crowd closed in because she, the, the Wang Chung finished their set. They only played like three or four songs. The crowd like closed in all of a sudden. And you're, and you're all just standing. Yeah, it's scary. I couldn't get, I, I couldn't find them. I, I, I'm walking around at one point with like four beers. I think I drank one or two of them. Probably one or two got spilled. I ended up watching the whole show by myself. Like I could never find my group again until the end whenever we like met at the car. Oh my God. <laughs> so I did see a concert by myself, not on purpose. All right. Yeah, and it was a great show. And the, over, the moral of the story is don't go see a concert with John Gallagher. Don't go by yourself to get the We beers. saw Bruce Springsteen at Three River Stadium. It was 66,000 people. It was the largest crowd ever assembled in Three River Stadium for anything, football, baseball, anything. And John Gallagher got so drunk, he fell asleep. I remember that. During the Bruce Springsteen concert. And I remember, I think it was you, when we were on the parkway, and we were drinking... We drank a whole bottle of Southern Comfort while driving from my brother's house to Three River Stadium. But at some point, I think you had to pee. And you're like, look, I just gotta get out. We were in stop and go traffic. <laughs> and you got out, or maybe it was Gallagher, and then traffic go. It, it, we weren't stopped anymore. And we were maybe half uh, a that mile That was Gallagher, he had to pee, and then he had to run to get back to the truck. Because we had to go. People are honking at and us. We couldn't pull off. You had a truck. It was yellow, and it looked like a truck that like the highway department yeah. would own. Yeah. Yeah. And we all set up front. And I think in that show, we met up with people. We lost people. There were so many people. There were so show. many people there. Yeah, a lot of people from high school were there. Yeah, a lot of people. But uh, don't drink and drive, kids, because we did. And John fell asleep, and we had to be loaded for the entire show. We had to be. Yeah, I don't think, don't drink and drive, honey. I'm talking Thanks. to my daughter here, not to audience. I have a picture of us. You're driving, and you're holding up the bottle of Southern Comfort. I'm going to find that and I will, I will post it uh, in conjunction with this episode and it's yeah, ridiculous. That was when Bruce had toured for like two straight years on that same, cause we didn't yeah, see on, him the first year out on that album. No, it no, was, this in, was like it 85 was the, the or something. The stadium tour was like the second round of yeah. that touring and yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I have for this album, Time to Conquer. Okay. Short list. Um, I, I came up with this. This is what I want on a Jackson Brown album. See if you agree with these four points. Okay. I want finely crafted songs and musicianship. Nope. I want a bit of heartache. I want a bit of political and some mm. wry observations. Nah. That's what I like in a Jackson Brown song. Yeah. We're hearing it all over these songs. No, it is. This is a great album. This is another one. If I did a second Mount Rushmore this with, would be with on the it. later work, I this, agree with this you. would be up there with the last. Uh, like if there's a fifth head just like sticking up over the other four heads, like, hello, I'm up here too. It would be this album. If he doesn't have his early catalog, like I said, this this catalog here, these last three four albums, very strong, just as strong, very strong. And your song is just say hey, it hits all my points. Exactly, just say yeah. Whatever. 
I'm doing, well, the, I'm doing the concert version. <laughs> it's gonna play. Here it comes. I wanted to be somebody you'd see when you're feeling good. I started looking for your little energy in my neighborhood. I started feeling kind of funny and free when you were around. And I began to cook up a plan to take you out of town. Allie, have we won you over at all with any of these songs? Or are you just like, this is not my thing? And you can be honest. I'm still just sticking with my one album, I think. <laughs> okay. I think that song could be on Running on Empty. It has that same feel to me with yeah. the, with how the keyboards and organ kind of come in on the backside of like the choruses and things. It's I, a real good song. Yeah. My song off this album, Time the Conqueror, is Off of Wonderland. This might be some autobiographical stuff happening. It was easy for me Up so high in my tree Living off a wonderland Living with an unknown band Waiting there forever man There was a change that line there where he says waiting there for every man waiting for that album for the first big one yeah I don't see it <laughs> alright two more we've done it no that's I think it, we did it's it it's only taken me ten albums but yeah now you're agreeing with me the lyrics just have those layers yeah where I think that is a very personal thing he's sharing but it could be about something else and other people could relate to it just because of the depth in mm. those yeah I wonder if we're gonna win over any uh Jackson Brown fans. You think we're going to get new fans from this uh, episode? Well, the phones aren't lighting up yet, but what, we are on California time. What about Jackson Brown? Do you think people will enjoy him? They'll start maybe getting involved in Jackson Brown? That last album is just as solid as it's the, good. The, the two that led up to it. Um, again, maybe not top to bottom like you would mm -hmm. say for a pretender or something yeah. like that. And because there's still some politics sprinkled in there. Um, and that's okay. All right, we go four, We go six more years to 2014, Standing on the Breach. Now, this album came out, I think, when other albums came out that I was listening to more. So this is probably the album that I know the least. Yeah. I'm just not that familiar with this. Like, when I read the song titles, I'm like, hmm, what are these songs? <laughs> but I do know a few of them, and obviously I picked one, and you picked one. What did you pick? Uh, I picked Leaving, Leaving Winslow. We already talked about Winslow. Yeah, I, I think it's a playful song that he is kind of calling back to that Take It Easy track yep. um, with the lyrics in the song. And yeah, this is a great album too. Um, I, I wrote in my notes here, if I had a second Mount Rushmore, kind of like Disney has two parks, you know, one of them's not as great as the other one. <laughs> I would put this on the second Mount Rushmore along with the last one, last four we just talked about. I think that would be his second Mount Rushmore I don't know if it's the West Coast version or the Florida version. Depends which version of Disney you like better. Um, but those four albums, again, would make a great Rushmore of Jackson Brown catalog. This will surprise you. Uh, I don't like Disneyland. <laughs> I can tell you about that more later. Okay. Leaving Winslow. Leaving Winslow. 
I'm walking all around, looking up and down this railroad. The voice is still great. I'm walking all around for his limited range. Down this train. This great range. All I gotta see is a place for me to grab hold of. And I'll be on this train and I won't be back again. I'm overqualified for any other ride I can think of. These albums are much longer time-wise. Still just 10 songs, but now the albums are like 55, 60 minutes. I had a reservation about every occupation I was ever on the brink of. Till the day my heart got given to the rhythm of the train. Station to station, coast to coast. Not that much of anything in mind. On the last album, you picked a song called Just Say Yeah. And on this album, I picked a song called Yeah, Yeah. Here we go. Well, you know I don't lead you and you know I don't feed you no lies. Yeah, yeah. And it's not up to me to tell you what you see through your eyes. Yeah, yeah You know, girl, sometimes I just don't know Where it is you still think you can go Without taking my world with you, maybe you don't realize Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah I like the background vocals when they come in with the yeah, yeahs one more yeah yeah um One no more. i totally agree that's um like you said that's probably an album like a lot of people haven't really listened mm-hmm. to it's very solid it really is um all right one more old-timey story so when we were in high school we would stay overnight at jim's house but as he said we wouldn't stay in the house because then his dad would be controlling everything we did <laughs> tv and everything so no you had like a shed out behind your house yes and what was in that shed? I forget what was down below. What was kept in there? Lawnmower? Uh, yeah, like yard stuff, yeah. Just yard stuff. Yeah. But then up, the, then there was a ladder. You crawl up top. To like the loft. It was like a miniature barn looking place. You couldn't stand up up top though. Like no. you, we could barely sit. Yes. We had to kind of hunch over unless you were in the, a, in the middle of the A-frame. Yes. And then you, me, and John, we would sleep over up there. Yes. Again, this, yeah, is, like, would, this is like the 1950s. No drinking. No. We, no, we would plug an extension cord into the house <laughs> right. so that we could have a radio, a radio up there, up there to listen to um, Steve uh, Kelsey, the Steve all night Kelsey's animal, all night uh, rock. Yeah, he was on, the all night animal on WFBG, rock in peace. He's dead now. Yeah, and that's what we would do, and we would stay up till what three in the morning. I think the show started at midnight and went to like six a.m., but we never made it. No, we would always fall. We always asleep. thought we would, but we never did. I don't think we ever. And he would heard. ask trivia questions, and you could call in, but there's no phone up there, so we. You literally have to go into the yeah. landline, and that wasn't. No, My dad you, wasn't. No, you were gonna wake someone no, up. No, is that a long distance call? Uh, and then the sun would come up, and right around seven o'clock, it would feel like it was like 120 degrees up there. We would wake up sweaty. Yeah, it was the summertime. You were in the a very like a crawl space above the it's basically the a shed. crawl space. Yeah, but we had a light up. It had a light up there. Yeah, we ran an extension cord. There was power. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. times. Good story. I don't think anybody's still listening now. 
I, when I tell these stories, it, it sounds to me in my head, it's like it's the 1920s. It seems like so innocent and so long ago. Yeah, in some ways it is. Um, we were in a small town. We had to make our own fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last studio album. That's seven years now between albums. Is this his last album? Do you think we get another Jackson Brown album? Certainly we can't wait seven years. He'll be 81 years old. Um. Yeah, so this is where I can finally... I've been teasing your audience now Ooh. for 90 minutes plus right. about... So yes, uh, a couple of years prior... During the solo acoustic years, mm -hmm. um, we had tickets to see Jackson Brown, we, me, my wife and I. Um, we both like a lot of his ballads and certainly his uh, original part of his uh, catalog, yeah. the, the best. And that's what he covered a lot on that tour. He played some of the newer stuff too. Um, we had great seats. I want to say it was like second row at the venue. Perfect. And then we had something come up. We had to give the tickets away. So I didn't get to see him. So that's your story? No. So okay. so for my birthday I wish it was. That's a Pennsylvania. For my birthday. 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 Holidaysburg. Yeah. Um in twenty twenty, uh Becky got me tickets or us tickets to see him. Um this was before this last album even came out. He and Becky likes music, so she's your concert person. She'll go with you. She'll go with me. Okay. We go, we go to a lot of shows or the shows that we go mostly together. Um See so, I have a my wife Pilar does not is not big on concerts. So I actually have a concert wife. Her yeah. name's Suzanne Dillingham is my concert wife. And she goes to the shows with me. Yeah. But yeah. your wife will actually go with you. She will. I think there's a range there. I don't think she would go to a Dead Nugent concert with No me. Iron Maiden. She's not going to see Iron Maiden. I don't think so. All right. Um, no, so she gets me these tickets in 2020 for my uh, birthday. And I have no idea what that set would have been. Because by the time, you know, because of there was this pandemic, um, mm -hmm. I think it's still going on. I say it like it's over, but Somewhere. Um, yeah, the tour gets canceled by a year um, and then he launches this album. Now, he might have tested out a song or so from this anyway, because th that's probably already in the can. Right. Yeah. Even a year prior. For sure. Um, but he's opening up for James Taylor. Um, so it's a great double bill. It's a great double bill. We we went to the show at a place in Dayton, Ohio. Called, okay. the, called the Nutter Center. It's un, an unfortunate name. It's an unfortunate name. Yeah. It's an unfortunate venue. It's um, all, that was like Boner's Amphitheater. It's an old basketball arena built entirely out of concrete. I Probably the first arena ever built in the state of Ohio. Acoustics were horrible. Oh, boy. Um, so he's opening up. But before he even opens up, now, mind you, how old is Jackson Brown at this point? Seven? 73, 74. So what do you think the average age of the audience was? My wife and I are both in our late 50s, as are you. You guys, you don't need to give my age out on this show. You stick with giving your own ages. Um, we went to high school together. <laughs> maybe I was maybe I was one of those Doogie, kids. That Doogie Howser. Yeah, okay, Doogie. one of those kids. I'm 10 and I graduated high school. Um, yeah, it's an old crowd. It's, it's a lot of gray hair. A lot of people moving slowly. We felt on the younger side of yeah, the curve. Yeah, I've been there. It's at, like crazy. At, at late 50s, I would say the average age had to be low 70s yeah a fight breaks out with some 70 year olds yes right in front of us like the row in front of us how does that go down uh, you and i've been to shows together hips are broken you've been to lots of shows i i've seen shows that were pretty rowdy this is 70 year olds a row down from us and they're getting into a shoving match and you know 
his skank wife is getting into it with the mouth oh, and I love it. security comes. I'm going, I, I would have never thought at this show that's going to happen. You've got to record that. You got to get the camera out. You got to put, you put that up. It goes viral because this is a show where everybody actually just sits in their seat. Like nobody stood yes. for any song. Yeah. Like anyway, so that happened before he even comes out. I learned later from you. I didn't know this, that he had had COVID just prior yeah. to going out on the road. Yeah. So he comes out. Acoustics are bad. We're not great seats, but okay seats. Um, and his voice just wasn't. You you've said like he doesn't have a strong voice. It was, uh, it was not good. Okay, um, that's tough. And, and the and the acoustics weren't great in the place anyway. He played um, two tracks off this new album, but one good, one kind of more playful. He played um, Cleveland Heart. Cleveland Heart, because we were in Ohio. The Cle- yeah, it's about it's about and the artificial that's, heart. And that's the one he released as a single, and there's a video for that. So yeah, it's that about makes it's sense. something about if you had an artificial heart yeah. and how that would change you as a person. Right. I think it's I think that's the reflection in the song. And then he played the title track, Downhill from Everywhere. Good song. Was awesome. Uh, the the backing person, I don't know what the gentleman's name is, that uh, sings with him on that song. Very good song. Um, and then he did an encore with. James Taylor. James Taylor came out. He was really good. Despite the acoustics. He's always good. And the 70 year olds not being able to keep their hands off each other. Yeah. Um, he, I had never seen him. He was yes, amazing. You saw him with me. We saw 1981. We went to the dad loves his work tour. We did. In Pittsburgh civic arena. I lied. I have seen him before. Yeah. He was as good as the first time I saw him. He is. He's never not good. I, I was, I was thinking he was going to have the weak voice no. and, just like a big band covering and filling on the songs. No, his voice was out in front of the songs where uh, Jackson Brown, the band was really filling a lot of the songs gotcha. because he's doing voice the just, heavy lifting. His, his voice just wasn't there. So I think the moral is like we said at the beginning of the show, go see your stars when you want to see them. Yeah. Cause you never know. Now he may, like you said, he may put out another record. He may do another tour. Um, do you have a set list for that show? Um, no, but we could go to setlist.fm yeah. and I'm what sure was was... the, uh, what was the venue again? Uh, Dayton Nutter Center. Don't laugh, Vic. I really don't remember. The Nutter Center. The Nutter Center. It's Two a, N's? N-U-T-T-E-R. Two, and that's 2022 or 2021. 21. Yeah. I don't know if this is the set list you saw. Uh, Somebody's Baby. Did he open with that? How many songs are there? He only played like 10 tracks. I'm not really finding it. This is great uh, radio. This is great airtime. This is great airtime. People love it. Uh, I'm not finding it. I can just read you his basic set list for this tour opening for James Taylor. I'm sure it's the same every night. It says he opens with Somebody's Baby, Barricades of Heaven, The Long Way Around, Fountain of Sorrow, Downhill from Everywhere, The Dreamer, until Justice is Real, Doctor My Eyes, Late for the Sky, The Pretender with James Taylor, and Running on Empty with James Taylor. Is that what you saw? He did take it easy with James Taylor when we okay. saw him. All right. Yeah. That probably but, mixing that it up was, a little bit. That was James Taylor's second encore. He came back out like, you know, two hours later and, and played that second encore with him. And he looked like he already had his like coat on for the bus. Or He's whatever. ready to go. Yeah. It was one of those, like it was so far into the show when he comes back out, he just, his hair is all disheveled and everything. Now, we mentioned already the two songs that you and I are going to play from the album Downhill From Everywhere. You chose... Downhill From Everywhere. All right, let's hear that. Yeah, I really like this song. I do too. Downhill from everywhere 
Friday night, do you want to sleep in the crawl space with me tonight? We can listen to the radio. Um, gonna get back to you. Becky would probably have a peaceful night's sleep <laughs> if you did that. All right, I picked my Cleveland heart. Here we go. We're at two hours and seven minutes. The file length is only two hours and 14 minutes. So we have seven minutes to wrap it up. Otherwise, I could open a new file and that, I can tell you, is a fucking hassle. So. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. It's, perfect. I love your track you picked. I think I think we never touched on this, and I'll say it real quick. Jackson Brown also has this kind of playful side, too. And I think that's what he's kind of doing in a song like that, yeah. where he's like, yeah, I'm going to really change who I am because I get this new heart. Yeah. Like, He's still gonna be <laughs> putting out the the stuff that he's putting out. Right. I think it's it's like a a play on that. I like agree. It's not really gonna change who I am as a man. No, um, he's gonna get that new heart, and he's still gonna you know do all the bad things he used to do too. He's just yeah. telling people, no, I'm gonna be better now. Yeah, you, you ready to do our plugs? <laughs> yeah, where can, where can people find you on the socials, Jim? Yeah, so uh, again, happy twenty nine, happy twenty nine, Alexandra, uh, we'll twenty nine and holding for the for those of you out on the West Coast tonight, and we're recording this probably before you're hearing it. We're celebrating tonight, so you won't see us. Um, this is not live. We're not live on the air right now. I'm just I'm doing like what your dad. What are you would. doing to what? Allie? What are we doing for your birthday tonight? I say we like I'm included. I haven't well, you been. Can come. Do you want to come to dinner? Yeah, where are you? Where are we eating? Malibu. Huh. Wouldn't that be something like your parents would think? Like, well. I don't hear you on the radio. Like they don't understand. What yeah, a they podcast. don't. They don't know what a podcast they, is. They My think- mom calls it a broadcast. I don't even try anymore. I don't even try. Here's a story. I'm going to tell you a quick story. This is my mom in a nutshell. A couple years ago, like ten years ago, for Mother's Day, I got all the recipes that our grandmothers uh, had in their recipe boxes. Okay, like on on you know on recipe cards, and I got them all. And my brother sent them to me, and I typed them all up really nicely and I got nice paper and I printed them all out and I had them uh, put into a book of the rest of the family recipes. And then I asked my brother, I said, do you want to write the foreword for this book? And my brother said, yeah. Now my brother overwrites. The foreword should be, it'd be one page. It goes over into two pages. It's too, he wrote too much, but I, I put it in there anyway. So my mother gets this book for Mother's Day and she opens it up. And when I talk to you on the phone, I go, what'd you think of your, of your Mother's Day gift? And she says, how about that forward your brother wrote? 
Wasn't that amazing? And I was just like, and I don't even hold it anymore. I go, there wouldn't even be a book if I, did you see all the work that I did? Are you not going to acknowledge the work that I did? I, I could barely read my grandmother's writing. It was like, it took me forever. And that's what she says. How about that uh, forward your brother wrote? I'm like, God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, she told me it was actually pretty good. Oh, it's overwritten. But so, the, yeah, so as far as this goes, they don't know. They don't know anything. So where's where's dinner in Malibu? He's on Malibu Farm. Who's going? I think. Give me your rundown. You're really welcome to come. Is it just you three or other people going? There's it's an other A-list. people, but you're it's welcome to join. And Pilar and whoever. Yeah. I don't know about Pilar and the other people, but I might I might join for this. What's the attire? What do I wear? Um, you, you know, I think David Lindley lives over this part of town. You just ride with him. Can I bring my new bad haircut, which hey, I'm not happy and, with? Him and Crosby are coming from this part of town. All so right. I might join. You yeah. join. Yeah, please yeah. do. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my first plug. My second plug, uh, our son Neil's getting married in Klamath Falls, Oregon Fantastic. in June. Send so, me a present. Uh, out, you know, here on the West Coast. So again, <laughs> a lot of your fans out on this side can stop by the wedding. Um, I wish they would. I wish they would too. Uh, my last plugs to my wife, Becky. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For letting you do this. For letting me do this, for putting up with me. Um, she's helping with that maturity so I can appreciate good music right. like Jackson Brown and put down some of that other stuff these are all good things all yeah. right i'll, I'll see do... you in seven years i guess seven years and we'll cover someone else yeah who knows who we'll figure it out love it all right we're at rock solid show i'm at pat underscore francis go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show t-shirts we got great merch go buy a t-shirt patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast you can support the show there for as little as two dollars a month don't be cheapskates that's 50 cents an episode what's wrong with you why are you listening and then not supporting us content creators need to be paid you jerks all right with that jim thank you for sitting in these two thank these two becky and Allie, for sitting in and putting up with this nonsense because it's nonsense but we appreciate a, a live audience like i'm talking to you but i'm kind of playing to them yeah but I'm also playing to the people who are listening. So with that, the play out song, it's gotta be this. It's gotta be running on empty. Thank you, Jim. Thank Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Becky. Mics are off.